Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best Working man in sports radio here on a Sunday morning. Of course, it's that being said, the Sunday morning tradition that is the NFL. It is week number nine. And what a week that we've had on the Couch Potato Sports Show. I just want to go back to Friday night. If you know anything about the Couch Potato Sports Show, who people do listen to, what a great game Friday night as the Rowlett Eagles, <clears throat> excuse me, unfortunately fell to the Saxy Mustangs at Williams Stadium. Eagles had a 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter, gave up 21 points, scored zero, and then turned, lost the game 42-35. to it was a heartbreaker. That game was, by pure definition of what a heartbreaker is, definitely lived up to that word. It was a heartbreaking game. This one was probably for the district championship. Eagles had a 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Remember, in these games, those games are 12 minutes long, not 15 such as the games that we'll be looking at here in the NFL. But it was actually kind of hurtful that they didn't win. By the way, game's going on right now. Um, Browns are up 6-3 on the Minnesota Vikings. I have Minnesota. I didn't have anything really to say about this game. Any team that plays Cleveland, and, until Cleveland wins a game, I'm, I'm spending 30 seconds on Max. However, they're over in London right now, so that's the reason why that game's going on. So, but uh, but uh, Friday night was a tough loss for the Rowlett Eagles. It was uh, tough for me to actually call that game as I was trying to hold back the choke after they lost the game in my anger. You know, I'm obviously not putting it out on radio, but I was def- definitely upset about that game. So, but uh, great game though, in reality, there's a fine line from broadcasting the game and trying not to be uh, biased. Although I don't hide my bias. I want the Raleigh Eagles to win each and every week, no matter who they were going against. And they came out in that third quarter after being down seven points at halftime. And they, they just, they just buffaloed. The Saxy Mustangs scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, but gave up those 21 points in the or 21 points in the third quarter, and gave up the 21 points in the fourth quarter, which in turn led to the loss for the Rowlett Eagles. So, but that was uh, that was a tough game. That was uh, a fun game to call, though, um, as we had everything as far as drama, as far as football, as far as scoring. 
as far as just having a good time with, you know, I talk about Cuervo being the best in the business right here when what we do, but I want I I want to I want to tell you um, that Bill Cerna is uh, one hell of a guy. Makes it out there sick as a freaking dog, and we just love what we do. And um, I want to thank Bill Cerna. He he uh yeah good guy. Yeah, I don't even know why I'm getting so emotional about that, but I am, but Bill Cern, a good guy, and I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate Bill Cerna as far as we, we get to call football games, and, you know, we, we look at all the things that are going on in the world. In fact, uh, before we even get into what we were doing, I was watching um, – I, I, of course, you know, Sonny, I get up early. Um, so I was actually up at 4 o'clock this morning. And um, I sat down and I just, I, I don't even know how I came across it, but I saw Howard Stern. Now, I I can't stand the guy, Howard Stern. So there's really nothing that this guy, as far as his humor and his radio, that I appreciate. And I might be out left field on this. I might be the only one that feels this way about Howard Stern. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and just eat that then, if that's the case. But I came across this thing about his show was live when 9-11 hit. And they didn't play the whole show of him being on air on this thing I watched, which, by the way, was like an hour and 20 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I got I got hooked. I got hooked into it big time. And I watched the whole thing that they did. Um, it was an hour and a half. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. And I, I ran across this, and I watched it until 8 o'clock this morning. And um, Howard Stern, even though I'm not a fan by any stretch, um, Howard Stern is is uh, a lost – radio is a lost cause – not a lost cause, but a lost art because everybody turns to television now. Everybody turns to video now. We tried to we're, – we're still working on the video. We might do video um, later on in the season as – but uh, Cuervo being on um, – Cuervo – as he is on location, as far as he's with the military, uh, makes that kind of hard. So we're, we're going to kind of stick to doing the radio. But that day, as far as 9-11 was concerned, and um, if you have the opportunity, go over and check that out. Put in Howard Stern. Um, the name, the title of the thing I watched that was really cool, Howard Stern is having fun on the air, then 9-11 happens. You put that in there, it's an hour and a half, and you can see the range of emotion within that time limit, the hour and a half, but they covered it, and he stayed on air doing the whole thing. And uh, it kind of reminds me, and when I think of how do people get their journalistic uh, creds and stuff like that. Well, this one was an on-air, and this is what people, you know, in blogs and everybody and what people think about things. Some, sometimes I think it's nonsense, and then I look at this and go, I realize why it's important. So um, it, was, it was a good watch. I watched all an hour and a half of it. 
just watching Stern and his guys' emotions, uh, you know, through the uh, through the show, and um, it was it was quite it, that might be the reason why I'm a little touchy, but uh, but I I think about that day and I I know where I was, so um, I almost wish that I actually had heard that live at the time. So I sat and watched some uh, interesting radio that was happening on 9-11. So uh, that having been said, that's, it's, if you get the opportunity, go catch it out. Yes, yeah, Sonny, it's, you're, you're off of sports. Yes, I am off of sports. But back to, back to Bill Cerna. I mean, the guy, um, the guy is just a great right-hand, I say right-hand man, but he usually sits on my left, um, great left-hand guy um, and great guy and I appreciate him, um, and I appreciate everything that he does with me as him being the eagle eye, helps me with numbers and great commentary about things that are happening. We are, we say it all the time. We're not the best, but we have a hell of a lot of fun, and uh, Bill is the reason why we have good programs. That's the way I put it when we uh, call these games. Same thing with Cuervo. Without Cuervo, sometimes this show – you know, it's just Sonny, and Lord knows you want to hear from somebody besides Sonny. Um, so I wanted to give out those props this morning. Um, we don't get the opportunity to we take advantage of days, you know, and, you know, so, you know, well, they'll be in in a moment, you know, you know, and sometimes that might not happen. So, but I wanted to put that out there for my, my friends and my co-hosts up on this show. Brian Tarvin, another guy. You know, we, we don't get an opportunity. I mean, we're 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 living life. He's got a new baby. Um, you know, we do what we do with the football, uh, and we don't get an opportunity to stop. And this is our time to kind of get together sometimes when we have the opportunity, and just to BS about sports. You know, keeps us close. So I I wanted to put that out there this morning. Um, and uh, real happy that uh, we, we have this platform uh, to be able to do what we do here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Uh, we do it each and every week. And um, thanks to our sponsors as well. Sometimes we don't mention them as much, but um, our sponsors are great. And uh, we wouldn't be anywhere, anywhere near without our sponsors. So I wanted to thank our sponsors for uh, definitely their sponsorship and things of that sort. And speaking of the sponsors, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to jump into this week's games because the main reason why is that I have not even heard from Cuervo. I have not even heard from him, and he may not be available today. We don't know um, because of the situation with him being in the military and where he is at right now. So uh, we may not have him get be able to get with us uh, today. So I'm going to start with the picks and the games and if and when uh, either Tarvin or Cuervo do call in, um, we'll obviously get their opinions on the games that I'm going to cover here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, whether I'm doing it solo, whether I'm doing it with a uh, co-host. Um, we're, gonna, uh, we're still going to do it. So we're going to take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. 
We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Rowlett 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunny Clark, radio voice at your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. 
All right, we are back here in the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is the hardest working man in sports radio as we are here. We'll be talking about the games. I miss Thursday. I had Miami Square Rojas Baltimore. I also uh, take Minnesota. I am almost sure that Cuervo is picking Baltimore as well. Or uh, uh, Minnesota as well. I don't think he's that far gone. Love him. All right. First game up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Again, folks, we are going to cover them all. And if and when Cuervo is able to get in, we'll go ahead and do that. First game up on board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is a game that really is an interesting one as you take a look at the standings and how important it can be. Now, granted, again, uh, right now, Cleveland is ahead of Minnesota 6-3. to three. Minnesota is driving right now in the second quarter at 12 minutes and 20 seconds left to go. But the Atlanta Falcons, loser of three, they get off, you know, the season great, 3-3, three and three, but have lost three in a row. And here's one of the problems is number one, Julio Jones. And whether or not they're not – having him on the field because of injuries or whether or not they're really having him a target in the end zone. He's only had five red zone targets in 2017. And that right there, my friends, is going to tell you a lot of things about where the Atlanta Falcons are right now. Your big guy, the guy that makes you really kind of moves you has got to be involved in the game during the 20s. In between the 20s, he's got to be there. And if he's not, it really makes it hard for a football team such as the Atlanta Falcons to win a football game. And what it also has to be is it just can't be this 10-yard plays down the road. You know, this guy's got to be able to be the big playmaker that happens out on the football field in every single football game that is the reason why you win a game. Matt Ryan's got to be that guy as well. And, and I, will, I will tell you as far as how I feel about Matt Ryan, um, you know, Matty Ice or whatever nickname you want to call him, uh, Matty, uh, I give up a lot of points and cannot score and lose in the Super Bowl because we can't get into the end zone, Ice. Um, tells me a lot about the Atlanta Falcons as a whole, where they're missing, what is missing. This football team is definitely missing the defensive coordinator, Quinn, who left. And that is a huge loss for this football team, and it's evident. But that's defensively, and they've been playing it. But at the same time, when you are the Atlanta Falcons, you got quite possibly the most dynamic guy out there. You've got to be able to get it. Now, on the other side, when you look at this Jets football team, they just can't give up that big play that is capable from and Matt Ryan to Julio Jones. And if the Jets can prevent that from happening, they got a good chance of winning this football game. When the Atlanta Falcons lost the game in the Super Bowl, it was an epic disaster that happened to them as Cleveland beat them. I think it was 34-28, if I'm not mistaken. And that was in overtime. And So you think about what happens after blowing the 28-3 third-quarter lead in the NFL, what that does to you mentally. 
You can get started off big time, but it just, and you could be 3-0. and But it just goes to show what a three-game losing streak will do for your football team. It puts you at 500, questionable in your own division in the NFC South, and now you've got to start doubting yourself until you can prove it. And this should be the game, as the Jets are 3-4. and four, They're last in the AFC. The Atlanta Falcons, who are 3-3, three and three, are third in the NFC South. So the Jets being 3-4, and four, fourth in the AFC East, I mean, obviously, you got Miami over there. Obviously, you have the uh, New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. And at 3-4, and four, they're not very far off, guys. So that, that's an interesting thing as well. They got a couple wins. They're right there. As long as New England will drop a game here and there, which is what they're doing this year. But now that Atlanta's back to 500, even though it's on a three-game winning streak, the Falcons have scored only seven points in their last six quarters. And when you're Matt Ryan, you're Matt, you know, Matty Ice, and you have Julio Jones and Sanu, that, that, that's bad. Now, granted, they were down by injury, so you've got to keep that in mind. But the offense is averaging only 21.3 points a game. In reality, that should be enough to win a football game. Every defensive coordinator will tell you, but really, let's be honest. It's 24. They need that three more points, and if they had those three more points, they'd win more football games. But now that Steve Skarkin, the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, the Falcons have started scoring 33.8 points a game, and guess what? They can't win football games. So now that whole thing is, is so different now, and you're seeing supposedly better things, but – you're getting the same results from the Atlanta Falcons. How how much can you trust them? So um, that whole thing is something to look for, look at, and find out what's going on. Now they got to get back to running the football. Atlanta, for some reason, has moved away from there. So Dan Quinn um, is going to have to figure out something for this football team to get better. Now. When you see a lot of things, I mean, Dan Quinn is that defensive guy. Um, you gotta got to figure out what's going on. And, folks, Eric Mangini right now is the defensive line coach in New York. And um, Mangini, I, I don't know what it is about this guy, but this guy's got some – he's got some creds. And in and, and the – Players buy into it. Whatever is going on, they buy into it. So now you got to find out whether or not, as far as that football team is with that defensive line and Lamon needing to run the football, that means it's got to have to be Matty Ice. And last time I looked at the line, uh, the Jets were a a five-point dog in this game. And frankly, I think that they got – I think they're going to win this game. And it's not because of anything that the Jets are doing so fantastic. Remember who's at the quarterback position over there. You you can't do anything as far as the Jets are concerned. They're coming off two straight losses to division rivals, but holding them to 14 points apiece, which tells me why can't they hold the Atlanta Falcons to that, because that offense is not the same thing that's going on out there. But in the injury department, they may uh, the Jets they may be out without uh, Buster uh, uh, Stein Scrine. 
he may, he's got a concussion. He's in the protocol. He played in Sunday's game against Miami. Uh, didn't complain of symptoms until he was, you know, got into the facility on Monday. Uh, for the Falcons, rookie linebacker Duke Riley is going to have knee surgery, and um, so that's going to be uh, something that they're going to have to worry about. Tevin Coleman has a knee injury. He was limited in practice this week. They say he should play, but Coleman has 229 rushing yards for this season. Freeman has 425. We're talking about that game need that 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 you know game needs to come up and be more right now for them, and they're just not getting it. So, but the Jets, if they don't give up that big play, it's going to be huge. But something tells me that I, I can't trust the fact that the Jets can't give that up. Parts of me wants to pick the Jets in this football game, and parts of me wants me to pick Atlanta. So, Josh McCown has thrown 10 uh, touchdown passes to Matt Ryan's seven. Who would have thought? But here's the thing. The Jets have only allowed seven pass plays of 20 yards more um, to Miami in week number seven. They allowed seven pass plays of 20 yards or more. And that's the Miami Dolphins. And... That's the reason why it scares me to take the Jets uh, as far as the defensive side of the ball. But the Jets are in home. So the penalties uh, for the Jets, uh, lack of takeaways from the Falcons, there are just a lot of things when I look at this game, and i got to ask this, but then I go back to the fact of penalties. What's all about the penalties? Well, the Jets lead the league with 546 yards and penalty yards, including 12 for 124 yards against the Dolphins this past week. Now, the Falcons, they're last in the league with three takeaways. That's only one interception and two fumble recoveries, and one of those fumble recoveries shouldn't have even been given to them. And I don't know why neither one of these two teams are panicking, but it seems like, you know, everybody's just t- top bullets. You know, hey, it's business as usual. It's been no one's fans. And no, well, th- these teams are panicking. They're, they're only going to put out what people see. So, you know, this was my flip of the coin game because I'm so, so mipped at what's going to happen. I want to pick the Jets because they're at home. But, you know, the Jets, when they have allowed – Seven pass plays of 20 yards or more against Miami tells me that Matt Ryan can do this. And that might be a different result. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons even though the Jets are at home. So that, as far as where the teams are, as far as their progression and what they're doing, I don't know. But this one is that flip of the coin game. And I don't have a, you know, say, yeah, definitely that team. But that stat, seven pass plays of 20 yards or more, that that scares me in this game because of, you know, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and things of that sort. So they're going to have to definitely figure it out um, so Josh McCown, he's just going to have to, 
not throw the interceptions, which he did against Miami. And, you know, and but then he can find someone in the end zone. He, he, he's so hot and cold, it's unbelievable. And that's the reason why Josh McCown is not that atypical quarterback. But um, he leads the league at – he leads the league actually in fourth quarter giveaways. So um, there's just a lot of things that can happen in this game, which makes me, even though I like the Jets at home, the the stats about McCown, that defense, as far as the Jets are concerned, that's the reason why I feel comfortable going ahead and taking the Atlanta Falcons in this game. So uh, that is one to watch here uh, this this week. Uh, we'll see those on red zone. Uh, so keep your eye on that. I am on the Atlanta Falcons. Next game that's up on, on the board here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, Carolina Panthers. They are second in the NFC South at four and three. The Buccaneers are in fourth place in the NFC South at two and four. This is that rivalry game as far as the um, the the division is concerned. And I don't know about you, but the four and two Carolina Panthers are not impressing me. But then again, you look at Tampa Bay, they're two and four, they're definitely not impressing me at all. So in this game, I automatically want to go Carolina, but Carolina played so bad against Chicago, it scares me to go ahead and take Cam Newton. What is going on in Cam Newton? And then you've got to ask on the other side, is Jameis Winston going to be ready to go? So you're going to have to watch those guys in this game. And, and I don't know about the mental state of, of one Cam Newton. This guy has been taking so many hits this season. And or, or last season, this not as much, but I think they've taken a toll on him. Cam Newton, one thousand eight hundred ninety-eight yard total yards, twelve touchdowns this season. Now, you're looking at that, and you, you gotta you know do the math math really quick. They played seven games, okay? So it's not three hundred yards, three hundred yards a game. It's not that. So what is the problem with Cam Newton not getting that part done? He is sitting right around 250 yards a game, which in this reality works. That's if the running game is working for Carolina. And that's going to be the question if it can go on. But the Bears were all over Cam Newton like flies on crap. I could not believe how quick and how easily the Bears are getting to him. And that comes from the offensive line. Now, Tarvin will sit there and tell you it's been the worst offensive line he's seen. But Cam Newton right now, he's only completing 56% of his passes, 57, okay? Five interceptions and one TD in the last two games. And that was even after the bye. This guy had time to sit. This team had time to sit before they played the Bears, and the Bears beat them. And not only that, when they beat them, they beat them well. Carolina, they, they seem to be going in the wrong direction. They're not playing well. They haven't played well at all in order to even be at the 4-2 and two at the time. But now they're 4-3. and three. And so 
You take a look at what's going on in this game right here, you know, you look at it and you go panic bowl. This is a panic bowl game, all set for both of these two football teams because the loser of this one is is in a lot of trouble. The winner, if it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got to go on the streak. But the Panthers, who are 4-3, lost two straights, 17-3 to to the Chicago Bears. Cuervo wanted to pull the trigger on this one, but, you know, I think I talked him out of it. Ten days? I mean, should they, shouldn't the Carolina Panthers be able to beat the Chicago Bears after a ten-day rest? Yeah. Without question, they should. So, and, and then you then you look at Tampa Bay. They're two and four. They're on a three game losing streak by a combined points of thirteen, and they lost thirty to twenty seven against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Uh, when Tampa Bay uh, gives up seven points in the final minutes of the game, they lo- they usually lose the game. And that was a stat I found very interesting when I was looking at the numbers and finding out what's going on as far as how they lose games and how close they've been losing them. They've been losing them in the last five minutes of the game. And uh, when Tampa Bay surrenders seven points uh, lead in the final minutes, you're obviously going to lose those games. So now they have to ask themselves the question, what is the solution? Is it the Panthers? Well, it's really easy. you got to get the pressure off of Cam Newton having to be, you know, I, I talked about Aaron Rodgers, you know, sh- shoulder injury. Well, it's a whole body injury for Cam Newton because he literally has to carry this football team. And I don't think he's mentally there. I think he's mentally checked out. So this this kind of thing, as far as where they are, they got he's got 22 sacks, including five against the Bears last week. They that offensive line is decimated, and Carolina's offense, you know, they haven't had Greg Olson because of the injury. Uh, Ryan Khalil, he's been out. Olson broke his foot in week number two and is out. Uh, until at least you know at least eight weeks, so that puts him back at week eleven. Khalil he started against the Bears, but he reaggravated the neck injury, so uh, that had him sidelined for the last five weeks. You know, so th- the whole thing as far as where the Panthers should be and Riverboat Ron, that that sexiness of that nickname has gone away. So now they got Curtis Samuel in the wide receiver position and then running back Christian McCaffrey, which, by the way, um, hasn't been as smooth as everybody thought it was going to be. So everything up on the other side, I mean, notice how I'm talking about a lot of defeats. Because when even when you look at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has an opportunity to get back into football games and move forward because of the youth of the team and the enthusiasm of the team. Right now, I don't see any pop at all in Carolina. So, if you're Ron Rivera, you got to figure out what you got to do to get your team in position to win. And right now, especially against Tampa Bay at home, Jameis Winston, with his status, sometimes being in doubt because of the shoulder injury, but don't forget this dude threw for 384 yards 
uh, passing three touchdowns in Buffalo last week. Obviously, where are their problems on the defensive side of the ball? But right now, we're not getting anything from Carolina. I hate taking Tampa Bay because I hate Tampa Bay. I hate that football team. They're not consistent enough for me to pick them week by week. That's probably one of the reasons why. They're up and down. But in this situation, you you look at what's going on as far as the Bucs. The Bucs have only given up seven sacks in six games. And at that rate, they're only giving up 3.2% on sacks per pass play attempt. And I saw that, and I'm like, really, that's it? What keeps them in the game, obviously, is Jamison being able to move when he has to move. But right now, Tampa Bay ranks 35th, or marked at 31st in third down conversion percentage. 31st. And that's a number that stands out to me. They're 30th in pass defense. 30th in total defense, with 29 points allowed at 25 points a game. I don't think Carolina could even punch their way out of a, a paper bag right now. It always seems to happen where Cam Newton will have that game where he'll blow up and have a big game. But I don't think it's going to happen there. After the game at Buffalo, T.J. Ward the pro bowler, he was acquired from the Denver Broncos in the preseason, and he spewed the frustration that was going on there, and he's at wit end. And he only played, you know, about one-third of the snaps against the Bills last week. So that's another thing that you got to look out. They lose that guy. So I don't know. Dirk Cotter. You know how Sonny feels about this guy as a head coach. And all you have to say is, is that Sonny warns you about Dirk Cotter because guys are they're, – they're, they're not happy and everybody's frustrated, and that has to start from the head coach, which is Dirk Cotter. Then, Dirk Cotter, because after everybody's coming out and talking about it, he says, well, we should keep it in-house. Well, that's a football team, I'm telling you right now, that is in a lot of trouble. For me, picking Tampa Bay this week is very hard because of the team and where it's at. But right now, Carolina is not much better mentally. And I think that right now, the better talent is on Tampa Bay. Again, last week, even with the injury, 389 yards, three touchdowns, and, you know, Cam Newton can't even get out of that. So watch out for this game. This one's going to be an entertaining game. I am on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this one. And we'll watch that over on Red Zone. Next game that's up here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, the Chicago Bears, two-game winning streak, and they are 3-4 and four with the rookie quarterback. New Orleans Saints, four and two. They've quietly won four games in a row. Guess what's going to be five? They have hit the part of the schedule that really helps them. Their defense is bad. Don't let any expert, whatever, anybody's going to say, because as soon as this team hits a real football team, they're going to go down. But the Chicago Bears, are they real? I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I, I want to pick the Saints so bad off the top of my head. But the Bears, what have they done in the last two games with the rookie quarterback? You know, I, I always say, the future looks like he's got to wear shades. I'm telling you what's going on at that quarterback position. And that's going to make this an easy or a fun game to watch. This game's over at the Atlanta Superdome, over at Mercedes-Benz. And let me tell you something. This is a fun game. Because you just don't know what's going to come your way from that rookie quarterback out of Chicago. New Orleans and Chicago? This is going to be great. But again, four in a row for the Saints for the first time since 2013, placing them on top in the NFC South, which I didn't even think they had a snowball chance in hell in winning. But right now they look like the only team that can with a run-pass balance. And you wouldn't think that at all. You would think that this guy's chucking the ball down the, the, the uh, field, and I'm talking about Drew Brees, and that's not what's going on here. Now, the Bears, they've won back-to-back games relying on the defense. That Bear defense is, is pretty good, guys. I'm going to tell you. Big time. And uh, the Bears' defense is something that you've got to keep track of. Now, the Bears beat Carolina last week, and it's nothing to write home to Mama about at all. Um, But the Chicago Bears winning last week really made no sense. I mean, Cam Newton should have had them and beat them down. Just didn't happen. The Saints beat Green Bay in Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Should that be any shot? No. Because without Aaron Rodgers, really the Green Bay Packers are worse than pedestrians. I mean, all you got to do is look at the numbers and where they're coming from and what the status of that football team is in each game with Aaron Rodgers even in the game. He brings them back and wins. He puts them in the position to win. He does everything that they need to do to win. But I will tell you, three and four Chicago, if they get the 500 today, I'll be shocked. But the Saints, who are four and two, they win, they'll go for a five-game winning streak. And, folks, that reminds me of Super Bowl time. So, you know, you look at this game as far as where the Bears are and what's going on, that defense is playing so good. You're going to have to watch that because it will be an effect. But then again, you got to remember it was the Carolina Panthers who were offensive line has got awful. So they get a totally different offensive line than Bears defense does. So, And they're going up against Drew Brees, a guy who can chuck the ball down the field, but hasn't. It's been balanced. And now you're in a situation, if you're the Chicago Bears, you're going up against a powerhouse that's going to be heading your way. And as much as I like what the Bears have been doing, especially defensively, even with the rookie quarterback, you know, I, I, I still look at Drew Brees. I look at that offensive line. I look at the running game that's happening over in, in the Saints. And parts of me that wants to pick the Bears because of their defense tells me that, yes, they played two mediocre football teams in the last couple of weeks. You know, and then I look on the other side and see who the Saints have played. The Saints have been up, you know, Carolina as well. And they're leading this division. 
So what are you going to do if you're the Bears? What are you going to do if you're Carolina or if you're New Orleans? The Bears ran 37 plays against Carolina and accounted for a mere five first downs and 153 yards of total offense. 37 plays against the Carolina. And, and folks, let me tell you something. Trubisky, two is one as a starter, is the first NFL quarterback to win games completing fewer passes than fewer than five passes since Tim Tebow. Okay, my man, who went two and eight, two for eight in a game, and they won 17 to 10 over Kansas City back in 2011. I saw that stat, and I was like, what? You got to be kidding me. And then you look up on the other side, John Fox, uh, who happened to be the head coach of both offensive games. That's another thing. So um, this one here is going to be interesting as far as that. Will Mitchell Trubisky be able to get this thing going on more of a regular speed? That's going to be a big question in this game as well. I love what's going on here. This is going to be an interesting game as far as where everybody is. And that having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. That makes this game a very interesting watch here today. And I know someone that's going to be watching this game big time. Gonna have a oh, you didn't know. In case you didn't know, which is now my ringtone. Ah, good morning, Sonny. Allow me to explain very quickly. So we have a power outage situation out here where I'm at. Therefore, ah. the alarm that I set was a no-go. So with that, ah. said, when I when I woke up, I saw what time it was. I said, "Holy crap!" Jumped out of bed, and within 20 minutes, all right, Sonny, within 20 minutes, I was dressed, shaved, brushed my teeth, used the restroom, grabbed grabbed my coffee. And uh, found me a good spot to uh, to give you a call. I don't know if you can hear me all right, but uh, I can hear you great. I, found me a, I, I think I found a decent spot. So I did all that within 20 minutes. And uh, you're amazing. I know that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I try to be sunny, but but I know that uh, time <laughs> is a ticking. And and what better time uh, than to uh, stumble upon you talking about? a certain theme from a certain Midwestern town that starts with a C, ends with an O, and in the middle has uh-huh. Hey, now, now, with the success of what Trubisky has done, let, let's be honest, okay? There's newfound love right now, even for, you know, even current Chicago Bear fans of the past. It's that, you know, feeling of anticipation what you're getting from them. But you're getting a good defense that's being stingy. You get a guy who's coming, you know, into this thing, not playing lights out, let's be honest, but guess what? You, you know, two in a row, uh, rookie quarterback, I don't care what you say, you got to be happy with what's going on, but if the Bears only run 37 plays against uh, the Saints, this could be a long football game for them. Oh, absolutely, Sonny, and you know, don't 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 uh, be mistaken, I mean, I'm, am, I, am I happier than a pig in mud that they've won two games in a row? Absolutely. Um, yep. However, is it because is it because of the offensive display? Not at all. Um, <laughs> I mean, for for them to score, for them to score three offensive points with seven pass plays and you know fifty run plays or whatever it was last week, 
that clearly shows you that what they're doing is they're slowly trying to work Trubisky into the flow of the offense. Now, do I think they could do a little bit more? Yes. Um, I just don't know if maybe they still feel like he's not ready. Uh, but what I've seen, I, I, I'm not saying he's, you know, he's going to be an all-pro quarterback this year, but what I am saying is that what I see in him is confidence, which is number one, and that's the most important thing. I see, um, you know, I see a guy that can make throws that you need him to make. And a good thing is they're not asking him to do a whole lot. So, uh, you know, there's, there's good and bad to it as far as only seven pass attempts in last week's game or 11 or whatever it was. Um, yeah. But, you know, d- 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 trust me, Sonny, I- I'm not fooled by the win last week against Carolina. I mean, it might have looked like a dominating effort, uh, but you look at it offensively, if it wasn't for those two defensive touchdowns, I mean, yes. who knows what would have happened in overtime. So Exactly. Um, while, while I'm glad the won, I'm not – uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm just not impressed by the uh, the the offensive, uh, you know, performance. I'm not. I'm not impressed by the offensive performance. And I'll even say I'm not even that impressed by the defensive performance. Only because you take away those two plays, and what do you have? I mean, you have, you know, a game that's that's three to three, which is which is still good. You're only giving up three points. It's just, I, I, I just I just kind of feel like. Um, you know that 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 they could show uh, a little bit more offensively, um, but the big thing yeah, is turnovers. They're they're creating they're they're creating turnovers now, Sonny. That's absolutely, the, that is the the biggest change that you've seen in this Bears defense from week one to week seven. Is uh, I mean for the for the past two three weeks in a row now they have defensive touchdowns, which is kind of reminds you of the Lovey Smith days. Um, yes, it's what it's starting to feel like again. It's like you know, back when Lovey was coaching them, so it's 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 a good feeling. However, um, the difference is, you know, you, you got a young quarterback with a very good running game, in my opinion. And um, you know, today is one of those games where it's just like, boy, I hope the defense can continue to do what they've been doing. And uh, you know, I I I, I want to feel confident. I just, you know, with a, with a with a offense like the Saints, it's it's going to be a very big challenge for them. Yeah, and, and also take a look at, though, Cuervo, when you think about games, they usually turn on two or three big plays in a football game, and the Bears got two of them last week. So uh, the question is, will they get, the, get those, you know, bounces to them when you're facing Drew Brees, who's thrown for over 5,000 yards for over five seasons? You've got to wait through that. Then you've got to wait through a football team who does will make it a priority to try to run the football. So the combination of what's going to be coming at you, if the Bears play too much pass, they'll run on them. Um, and the offensive line, completely different than the offensive line from Carolina that they saw last week. So there's going to be a lot of stuff now. The Saints, they ran the ball, 35 carries, 161 yards last week. Breeze uh, threw 38 times for 324 yards. And, you know, you know, for the first time when you're talking about the Saints, you're talking about a balanced football, uh, you know, running the football compared to passing. When normally you're seeing a different one, you're seeing that 324 yards or more 
in reality uh, because they have to throw the football. But we're seeing more of a complete football team. But, you know, as much as everything that everybody's talking about, I'm still scared about the Saints' defense. This is still not a good defense, even though they look like they've been playing lights out. They, You know, you may think that, but I'm seeing other things that are telling me that, you know, I don't think it's lights out as much as anybody seems to think. They've got a couple of guys in the middle and the linebackers. To me, okay, now this is to me, my eye test, that are slower than most. And I'm sorry about that noise. I had to put my charger in before I lost my uh, before I lost my power. But um, I, I'm going to tell you right now mm-hmm. that that whole thing is is going to be a problem, and I think it might even show in this game as well. Uh, what, 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 which problem are you talking about? Cause you jumped, you jumped around a little. I, I wasn't, uh, I know you talked about the Saints offense. Well, it, um, it's the Saints defense and, you know, the, the Saints defense, you know, they've been getting some praises okay. here lately, but I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't trust the Saints defense at all. <laughs> they got a couple of linebackers that are slower than me. No. And that's what, yeah, I, I watched the, when I watched those linebackers, I'm asking myself, how are these guys playing in the NFL here this year? And, and because of this, just the speed factor alone tells me that you have to worry about that. And, you know, but I don't think the Bears – I think the I, I think they can overcome that against this team, the Bears. But once, once the Saints start hitting the prime of a schedule, that's going to be something that they are going to be able to, you know, zero in on. Yeah, almost definitely, Sonny, you know, and, and and that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, a lot of people looked at that game two weeks ago against Detroit, and um, and they were like, wow, the Saints defense is, you know, they've turned it around, and, they, you know, they, they figured it out finally. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I looked at that game like, my God, that was probably one of the worst offensive performances by the Detroit Lions. Like, I looked at it the totally opposite as to what most people did because I, I, I'm not I'm not falling for that the, the Saints defense is just gonna magically become, you know, a defense with three defensive touchdowns and eight sacks every game. Like that's definitely yeah. not gonna happen. So um you know, but I think for this one really it's it's gonna come down to everybody's excited to see when the Saints have the ball against how well the Bears defense is playing. But right. really the key is going to be the other way around. When the Bears have the football, are they going to be able to move against the Saints defense that, you know, let's face it, they're not very good. Um, nope. And so, you know, it kind of raises the question of, you know, how how many pass attempts, you know, how how what's the balance going to be today? Are they going to try to throw the ball a little bit more? Are they going to at least give Trubisky maybe 15 passes? Or is it going to be another – eight to 10 pass game and we're going to try to run the ball down the throat. Well, show that, well, the bears probably should just continue to run the ball because the Saints don't defend the run very well. Exactly. But, you know, however, my, my, my argument against that though, Sonny, and, and you may have the same argument is you talk about, we need to develop Trubisky. Trubisky needs to get a good flow of the offense and, you know, make him the quarterback of the future, blah, 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 right? Well, how are you going to do right. that when you only allow him to throw the ball ten times a game? It's, it's, Got to let him go. I mean, you you have to, at some point, son, you have to let him go 
And honestly, like, you know, because I listen to Chicago, ESPN Chicago almost every day. And the argument, and this is a very valid argument, that they make is, look, this year you have to know, is Trubisky, does it look like he's going to be the quarterback of the future, or do they look into possibly investing another first-round draft pick in another quarterback? Now, I know that sounds crazy. However, when you think about it, Sonny, that is the one position that you have to contri- you have to try to continue to Absolutely. hit the bullseye on because it is by far the most important position in the game. We all know Yeah, but Cuervo, but Cuervo you, you and I both know, okay, once you've got – if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. And, and when, you, when you bring in the guy who's been in the league this year one year – and then you're pulling in another. I don't think I, – I think they could explain it exactly the way you did, but at the same time, that still weighs up on the mind of the guy that's going on, like, oh, if I get hurt, am I going to be the next Alex Smith on my way over to Kansas City? Th- those are the kind of things that really hurt football teams. Now, whether or not well, they do it or not, I don't think – you know, because there are plenty of quarterbacks coming out of this, this draft, if you believe all the experts yeah. and everything. So there's plenty yeah. of them coming out. Um, the, the question would be is where do you grab them up? Because if you're Trubisky and they're talking about that, if you grab up a quarterback in the first, second round, all of a sudden the red flags come up. Well, that obviously will depend upon what he does from now until the end of the season. We're only week eight into 17. So, you know, you're talking about nine more games where Trubisky has an opportunity to make that reality to be a third, fourth, or fifth round draft pick compared to a one or two, a reality. And it obviously, but you're, you're right, Cuervo. This is a football team that's going to have to sooner or later let him go. And the Saints defense, that's one that they can actually have some success with. The only reason why they lose this game is because of the quarterback position in reality, Cuervo. The rest of it, they just kind of wash out on both sides, except the fact that the Chicago Bears defense is better. The only problem is it's Drew Brees. So he makes every defense look bad when he's ready and raring to go. And if you're not going to be able to get points, on the board, which is what Chicago has not been able to get. Yeah, absolutely, Sonny. And that's, and that's what makes me nervous is I think what's going to hurt the Bears in this game today is the speed of the Saints yes. offense. I mean, I, I agree. That's something that that's something that the Bears haven't seen yet is, is, it, is an offense with some speed. You look at the three teams that they've beaten, right? You got Pittsburgh, very, very good offense, but they're not fast. If that makes sense to you at all, like, yeah, like they're good at what they do. You know, very good offensive line. Le'Veon Bell, arguably the best running back in the game. Okay, um, and, and Antonio Brown, arguably the best receiver in the game. Ever is he? Is he? Uh, uh, you know, fast as um, you know Michael Thomas of the Saints. Is Le'Veon Bell as fast as Alvin Kamara, the running back? For the Saints, you know the answer is no. I mean, the, the, right. the, the Saints' offense is a lot faster paced, and that's hard to stop. You've got to have guys that are quick off the ball. And I'm sorry, but I don't. I don't see the Bears having those guys. Okay, so I don't that's either. Pittsburgh, right? Baltimore. They Baltimore's the same thing. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, they, their their running backs and receivers are good, but they're but they're not very fast. And then you look right. last week against the Carolina Panthers. Jonathan Stewart is not what he used to be. I'm sorry. Right. Kelvin Benjamin oh, doesn't have a lot of speed. Kelvin nope. Benjamin doesn't have a lot of speed. All right, and and you know their uh, you know their other receivers are are average speed at best as well. So it was it was a little bit easier for the Bears to jump on the ball and jump on situations. With this offense, I I don't know, Sonny. I I don't yeah. know if it's going to work because it's been, especially the game is in New Orleans, so it's going to be loud. Yep. Um, so it's it's going to be it's going to be uh, it's, I think the Bears are going to be in for a real challenge today. It's, it's going to be a tough game. I think it is too. And you mentioned the speed, and you mentioned the the Pittsburgh Steelers. You talked about Le'Veon Bell. You talked about Brown, and and you didn't purposely. You said that they were not as fast, but when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're, they're not as fast not because of necessity. That's because of experience. And there's two different things going on there. Say whatever you want about New Orleans. They know they have to score, okay? They know they got to do something in order to get victories. They know they got to do something. The problem with that, as far as the Saints, is they have to depend upon that all the time. So they don't have enough experience at going and playing slower, such as the Steelers, because they can kind of defend on their defense to do well. The Saints don't have that kind of defense. So that's the reason why the speeds of the Saints are, are more than Le'Veon Bell. That's not a cut. Down. I, I just want to prevent those Steeler fans that are thinking that Cuervo just cut down the Steelers. No, that's because of experience on what they got, and they got a defense. And that's the reason why they, they can be faster if oh, they no. have to be. That's the question. They don't have to be. No, they're, oh, no absolutely, Sonny. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I mean, with, with, an experience, with an experienced offense like the Steelers, they don't need the speed. They're, they're just yep. so technically sound and, and so fundamentally good. They don't need the speed. But what I'm saying is that the Bears' defense is built to stop defenses like that. A lot of defense are built to stop offenses like the Steelers, who are, who yes. are a little more sound, but maybe not as fast. But when you Got deal it. with a team yep. like New Orleans or like Kansas City, those offenses are so hard to stop because they're so damn fast. I mean, you look at Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. Those guys are flying all over the field. It, yep. it, good luck trying to stop those guys exactly i mean you got you got to have you got to have six Deion sanders uh, on your team in order to stop defenses or offenses like that and really shut them down you can hold them to maybe 20 points but you're not holding them to anything less than 17 so and i mean you saw that right off the bat in the opening game thursday night that thursday night yep. with the chiefs Absolutely. upsetting new england because of the speed of that of that offense, that's why they put up forty points on them. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm not. Yeah, not, yeah, absolutely. You're right, Sonny. I'm not. I'm not discounting the Steelers. I'm not saying they're a bad offense. No, they're damn good, but they're not yeah. fast. That, that's all I'm saying is the speed is not. The, they don't have to be because they've got the best running back. They've got the best receiver. They've got. They've still got a good quarterback. No matter no matter what you think about him or what he says about exactly. himself. And on top yeah. of that, 
But the most important thing, their offensive line is 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 monstrous. Yeah. So, so they don't have to be. Real, so are you on the New Orleans Saints on this game? As I know they're going up against the Chicago Bears. You wanted to pull the trigger last week. You almost did it, but didn't have enough in you. Are you willing to pull the trigger against the New Orleans Saints? You know, Sonny, I've, I've, I've picked them to lose the past two games. They've proven me wrong. Um, but, you know, my mind tells me I've, I've got to do it again. I've got to, I've got to go against it. Um, I, hopefully I agree they with prove you. me wrong again. But, uh, <laughs> but I am going to pick the Saints officially. Um, but just because if, if the offense wasn't so fast, if it was just another average speed offense, I would definitely pick the Bears just because of how well they're yes. playing defensively now. Now, you know, my thing is this could all change if guys like Leonard Floyd and, uh, you know, Willie – or is Willie Young playing? I think Willie Young's still in. You know, if, if Floyd can, can get pressure on Drew Brees. Now, that, that's going to be interesting because Floyd's got the speed. He's got the speed to get to Drew Brees, and that is going to be – something to watch out for because that that he's he's one of those new hybrid type linebackers that you see in the game now um yep you know where he's really fast so um you know that that's what i'm looking at if if that could happen then i think the bears have a very good chance but i think if we know it and we're talking about leonard floyd coming off the off the edge then sean payton knows it too they should know it that said i've yeah, I I think they're gonna they're gonna find ways to counter that, and um, well, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good game though. Um, I could see this being a pretty decently high scoring game somewhere mid twenties, but um, but yeah, I mean continues this trend continues of me picking against them and then they win. So I'm gonna continue it, Sonny. I'm gonna pick the same there you go. Win. But then the reverse psychology of it is the Bears are gonna turn around and they're gonna prove me wrong. So that's what I'm hoping. Good luck with definitely good luck with that. Let's hop back into the, some of the games that I covered while you were were getting here. The Atlanta Falcons loser three in a row after winning three in a row to start the season. Take on the Jets, who are three and four, loser of two in a row themselves. You know, I, I hate this game. It's that flip of the coin game going on. Um, you know, the the stats I was looking at, the stats were scary in this one. And the, the fact that that Jets gave up so seven passes of over 20 yards last week to the Miami Dolphins scares me about the defense not being there and Matty Ice and, of course, Julio Jones. But then Julio Jones has only been targeted five times in the end zone for the Atlanta Falcons this year. So you're six, one, half a dozen of the other. What are you looking at in this game here real quick? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I actually uh, – I think this is a very interesting game. You're talking about a team in the Jets who have started to play very well, and then you look at like a team, you know, at a team like Atlanta that went to New England last Sunday night against arguably one of the worst defenses and couldn't score a point. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with the Falcons, Sonny, but – if you're a Falcons fan, I, I think you've got to be concerned. And this is the exact reason why I picked the Falcons to miss the playoffs. Or or if they made it, they were going to get the six seed. Like, they were going to back their way in or, or 
they weren't going to convincingly get a playoff spot, okay? This is exactly why. You know, and it's not just about the hangover. I just feel like teams have figured out what they're doing now offensively. And not just that, but with them having a new offensive coordinator now and Steve Sarkeesian, um, yep. it's, it's obviously not the same. And, and, I, and it kind of feels like teams kind of have figured him out already. See, the problem with Sarkeesian is great in college. You know, he's got a great college resume between USC and Washington and, you know, when he was coaching up there. Now he makes a jump to the NFL. And, I, and, and, and I don't, I'm not saying that he uses the same things that he used in college. But if that is the case, that's not going to work. Like, you have to not be here. more creative than just bringing USC playbooks and Washington playbooks. Like, that, that's not going to get the job done in the NFL, buddy. Like, you've, you've got to I come agree. up with some new stuff. You've got to come up with some NFL-level plays that are going to work in the NFL against the NFL defenses. Okay? Bringing USC's playbook is not going to happen. So, exactly. I'm not saying that's what it is, Sonny. I'm not, trust me, I'm not saying that's what it is. Um, however, what I am saying is that people have already, within seven weeks, have figured out what the Atlanta Falcons are all about are offensively. And don't give me, well, Julio Jones is hurt. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw him on the field last Sunday night in that game. Um, if he's hurt, then he probably, you know, it, it should probably uh, not play as much. But I saw him for most yeah, of the game. Yeah, but when you don't have anybody else for the vote, you have Sanu and both, both Sanu and Julio Jones you know they only came back of that game because of what what, the, what it was, which was the rematch uh, rematch of the Super Bowl. I think if it, if it was any other team, if if Sanu definitely would have been out, and probably uh, Julio well, Jones would have been questionable uh, in that game. So yeah, well, I, I don't know. I know. I, I, then, what I say to that then, Sonny, is let's look at today's injury report. If if Julio is questionable, if Sanu is questionable. Then yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there's some you you got a valid argument that they just came back for revenge on the Patriots, which didn't work. But nope. I think I think you've got a valid argument that maybe that's the only reason they came back. Well, today I oh, came back too funny, quick. One the two. Right. I, I I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there. I think the Jets give them a run for their money today uh, because the I Jets they are playing, they're playing well. Um, you know, Todd Bowles, uh, you know, this defense is starting to come together finally. And offensively, but I don't, I don't know if I want to call it luck, but, I mean, they've, they've done some things offensively. Um, you know, with Josh McCown, um, I don't know if he's – how badly he, he got hurt. I can't remember now, but um, I, I, remember he, I remember he went down, though. And, yeah. Um, I'm not sure who's quarterback so, in that team that – well, if it's not McCown, it's probably Christian Hackenberg. So um, yeah, and that, and that, I tell you, and that, I, that, that scares me too. So. <laughs> of course, I mean, how how can it not? But I'm I'm gonna put I'm gonna take Atlanta, Sonny. But I'm telling you, this is one of those would not surprise me games. Absolutely, oh, it would not absolutely. surprise me if the Jets win. It would not surprise yeah. me if the Jets win. But I think Atlanta will get it done. 
see, and, and I'm looking at those stats, and I talked about the, the seven passes of over 20 yards, um, you know, I, that the Jets gave up last week. I look at that stat, and I'm going to hang on that. But here's the thing. If the Jets win that game, you know, if, and they give up those, you know, of those yards, then there's something else wrong. But the defense is not the problem in reality in Atlanta Cuervo right now. It is the fact that they are not gelling right now offensively. They are not putting it together at the same time. And that's one of the reasons why we're talking about Atlanta being on a three-game losing streak and at 500 instead of maybe four and two or five and one. And that, that's going to be a problem for them, you know, as far as where they are as far as this week is concerned, mm-hmm. whether or not they can overcome those kind of things, you know, uh, you know that. But that's last week against the Miami Dolphins. Now remember, this was last week against the Miami Dolphins. This is a team that gave it up to yeah. Jay Cutler and Matt Moore, which Matt Moore looked pathetic. But then again, that offensive line for Miami did not help that guy at all. But take away from all that, no you way, know, Sonny. It, it, it was still the Miami. No it was still the Miami Dolphins. Sonny, what game were you watching? Matt, your guy, Matt Moore, was a stud last week. He brought them all the way back. They were down, I want to say it was 28-7 or 28-14 when Moore came in, brought him back, and won the game at, at the end. On a, got oh, no, the no. I'm, ta- I'm talking about Thursday. I'm talking about Thursday. I said last week, and I apologize. But Thursday, he looked like a pathetic mess against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so, you know. <laughs> that whole team. Well, okay, my fault. I thought you were talking. I thought you were still talking about the games against the. Uh, I said last Jets week, last but week. I meant the last Jets couple Dolphins. of days. <laughs> but oh, yeah, now Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore beat the snot out of them. And yeah, what, what? they look like Indomitable Super Bowl contenders. I'm telling. Yeah, I know, right? I'm telling you, and Dominican Sue deserves whatever he gets and more. If he gets, you know, based on whatever type of suspension he gets. He he deserves it, Sonny. That guy hasn't learned his lesson. I don't know. He's been a menace in the NFL for the last six years. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I did. But, um, the choke. You know, first. Oh yeah, he grabbed Ryan Mellet by the throat and shoved him. <laughs> I mean, there, there's no no room for that, man. Come on, come on. You know, you're already known as a dirty player in the league. Whether you, right. care, whether you care to know it or not. And and now you're going to turn around and do that. I hope he gets suspended for half the season. You know what I mean? He, he just continues to do things like that where, you know, he's blatantly just just playing the game the way it's not supposed to be. And, you know, I think the hit on Kiko Alonso, on Joe Flacco, was – I think there was a little bit of intention um, – but Alonzo is what not happened a guy that is – he's not really known to be that type of guy. Corvo, this is really simple. I, this is, that, that whole play was really simple to me. I mean, it stood out to me like a sore thumb. This is a guy who forgot that it was the quarterback running the ball, thought it was the running back. I, and I say that because of the way he was attacking it. Now, here's what happened. Is, is that Joe Flacco went way too late on that slide, by the way. You, you can say whatever you want. He shouldn't have hit him and don't. But here's the thing. Alonzo knew he was going to get the flag regardless. Because once he realized who it was, he was already in stride. If you see where he was going to hit, he was, 
know he had running back on his mind, not Joe Flacco. And, you know, once he was a mid-brain, you might as well level him then at that point. Um, Because even if it came to him that it was Flacco, he's like, I'm going to get a flag. I realize this guy's not going head first like running backs would. He's going foot first. Shoot. Pop him good then at that point. You know, he has nothing to lose. So I I just don't think his mind was in the game on realizing who had the ball until he had made a commitment to hit it. Because if that was a running back going head first, he would have popped the hell out of him, and you know it. But that's but that's legal, Sonny. That's legal. To do I know. That. When a quarterback slides foot first, you're not supposed to hit him like that. And that's why he got Yeah, it. but he did it late, though. Hey, hey Quinnabo, that thing was late. I, I can sit here, and I sat there, and I was wondering but when Sonny, that guy's going to get down. Sonny. And that was a late when do you slide. Have, but, Sonny, when do you ever see a running back slide the way Joe Flacco did? Running backs don't do uh, that. What? When you see something like that, that should have, in your mind, that should have told you that's a quarterback. Okay, I'm just going to put he was already, he, I think he was already in the mix of going down to hit him the way he was going to hit him. And at that point, he had no way of getting off it. And then he was going to get a flag anyway. You might as well pop him. And so the combination, I think it was a combination of timing and reality. I went back and I watched it. And I, 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 then I asked myself, if this guy was thinking it was a different – it wasn't realizing who had the ball was, and he was going to go and pop a running back. And then once he seen that he wasn't going head first like a running back would, more so than a, than a quarterback, you might as well pop him. Because guess what? You're going to get the flag anyway. So, I, I mean, I, I may be wrong in that thinking. Mm. I may be standing up for him. I didn't see this as dirty hit. And, now, and, and, I, and I'm all for oh, protecting no, 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 no. the quarterback. Yeah, no, it wasn't a dirty hit, Sonny. I just, I just think that, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, it was just kind of, yeah, he was in the moment. He's already, he was already committed to. Uh, he was committed to, uh, you know, to, to making the hit. But yeah. I, I just, like you said, I mean, the way the way Flacco slid on top of Alonzo committing to, to the tackle already, it kind of just was bad timing. Um, but, oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm right there with you on that. So, it, it, you know, it, that's the great thing about football. You know, depending on how you feel about how things ended up, you, you could – the good thing about this show is I, I can see your side and I can also see the other side. And, it, you know, I, and yeah, I think, he, I think he popped them a little harder. He, I think he figured, jeez, I'm going to get nailed for this. Regard, and here's the thing. And it would have been regardless how he hit him, he was going to get fined for that, by the way. So you might as well make it good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe the realization, you know, the flashing, losing the money immediately, I'm going to get fined to screw it. Let's just do it. Um, <laughs> I don't, well, I mean, I don't know, you know that. Another thing, too, is that at that point they were down 20-something to nothing. Something yeah, 20 to nothing at the time. Like, and if you he's, take out the like quarterback, you have the second half of the game to try to get back in the game. Yeah, well, that didn't work. <laughs> that didn't work at all. Because they got, yeah, they, they got 20, 20 to nothing in the second half. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it, it is what it is. On that one, didn't they? Yeah. So, who are you going to take? you going to take Jets or Atlanta? Well, I really want to. Now this is a game I really want to pull the trigger on, Sonny. But I do too. Um, but I'm going to stick with the but Falcons. I couldn't do it. I think they've they'll, they'll do just enough 
to win the game. Yep. Um, Just enough. No win by three. I think it'll be. It's going to be a low scoring game. I'll I'll tell you right now, it's going to be low scoring. I could see seventeen fourteen, seventeen thirteen. You know, something along the lines of that. Um, Should be interesting. But it's not. It's not going to be. Yeah, you ain't going to see no shootout in this one. So if if you're looking, I for think a you're shootout, This 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 is not the game to do it. Now, the other game I covered while you were uh, doing what you were doing, Carolina and Tampa Bay. And Carolina offense, horrible. Jameis Winston coming back off injury, throws for 345, 348, and three touchdowns in a losing cause. Carolina loses to the Bears. The offensive line is so god-awful. After that loss against the Chicago Bears, there's no way I could pick the Carolina Panthers because they had 10 days to prepare for that crappy football team. And, yeah, I said it about the Bears. That's not a good football team right now. They're just coming along, and it takes time. They, they had no business losing to the Bears last week. And I don't care if it was in Chicago or not. And, actually, wasn't that in, it wasn't in Carolina? I can't, I, I'll look that up. But I, I just don't trust Carolina as far as I can pick them up and throw them right now, Cuervo. No, the game the game was in Chicago, Sonny. Um, okay, it was. But, in uh, Still had no business losing that game. Yeah, it was. Hey, hey, hey! Slow down, Sonny. Slow down, all right. <laughs> but uh, no. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Carolina. I I w- and I wish Brian was here. Um, he always comes in right after we talk about the Panthers, but. Uh, Carolina is one of those teams, man. It's just like you, you – I mean, their their offense is like a crackerjack box. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get from it in reality. Um, it, it's, it's, it's either they, they come out and they explode for 30 points or they come out and they score three. So, it's, yes. it's, it's either one or the other. I mean, there's really no, you know, level – performance, you know, just kind of average. It's just like either it's really good or it's really bad. Yeah. Um, Worse you, than Jekyll Tampa, and Hyde. Tampa, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it, but I tell you, I mean. I don't Tampa trust them, do you? Is, well, I don't trust either one of these teams. You know, and I pick Tampa in the division, but. But, but look, uh, look what Winston did last week. Winston coming off of that injury, throwing for 348, three touchdowns, you know, no interceptions, by the way, which was another, you know, coming off the injury, which we didn't even think that he was going to play in that game, never mind the fact that he did. We found out the morning of that he was going to play. Um, yeah, I, I think it is more in the fact that I hate to say it proves me wrong, but Jameis Winston – in reality, when I watch this guy, he reminds me of Cam Newton, which tells me that this is not going to be a long career for him or it's just going to be mediocre at best, um, which, you know, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, you've got to worry about, I think. I, you, you're healthy, your quarterback. You're going to have to worry about him. And the reason being is really simple, is, is what has happened to Cam Newton over the years, getting hit as much as he has, the same thinking is going to be going against Jameis Winston and the way that they play, and they're going to pop him as much too. Right now, right now, Cam Newton's gun shy to even be in the football game, never mind be an adequate enough quarterback to get the victories on the consistent basis that they need to be in order to be Super Bowl contenders right now. 
and I lost Cuervo. So uh, he should be giving us a call back here, and I didn't get his pick. Damn. So hopefully he'll get back with us. I'm sure he'll try to get back with us. But um, that, that's that's just the way I feel about Jameis Winston. I, I you know, and, and and I can see the promise just as much as I felt the promise in Cam Newton on what they they do. So uh, watch out for that. So now since he dropped, this is a good time to run into. And then when I get it back, I'm going to get him right back online. We'll take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. Selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nychadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? 
Contact Alan Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course. Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. All right, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show after the drop of Cuervo. We bring them back as we were talking Tampa Bay and what Tampa Bay in order needs to do to get this victory this week. Cuervo, you know, until, you know, I kind of went off. I'm not sure how much you heard. Jameis Winston kind of reminds me of Cam Newton. Uh, sooner or later, he's going to be the same guy. Right now, say whatever you want about Cam Newton. The guy's gun shy. He's afraid to even be out on the football field. And those hits last year, I think, really, really rocked his boat, really, really rocked his confidence, really, really rocked him as being one of those quarterbacks that you can depend on week in, week out. And, and never mind the fact that since they don't have an offensive line, he's even more scared now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the problem that I see with Jameis Winston, Sonny, is that, um, you know, he'll, he'll do some good things and then he'll do some he, he, real some bad. bad. It's almost like, yeah, I mean, it's almost like, oh, dear, I say, it's almost like comparing him. I, I would almost compare him to Cutler because what? Okay. you can you can get, uh, you can get, you know, 300 yards from him three touchdowns that look amazing, you know, could be beautiful passes on Mike Evans. But then he'll give you two picks that you're thinking, what the hell did he, was he thinking on that throw? And that's yeah. what you get with Jameis Winston. And that, yeah. and, and I think of Jay Cutler, of course, me being the, the Bears fan I am, when, when I think of those type of plays. And I'm like, boy, oh boy, it's rough being a Bucks fan because, you know, you see the good, you see the good, and then you see that bonehead play, and you're thinking, "What the hell was he thinking on that?" Uh, but yep. I think he's he's still young. Uh, what is he in his third season now? So I mean, you can't expect the world of him just yet. Give him a couple more years, Sonny, I, and and then we'll know for sure. Like, okay, what kind of quarterback is he going to be? I think he still has some things to learn. Um, yep. You know, I mean, I think uh, the only reason a guy like Let's say Marcus Mariota, for example, looks. It looks like he's having a better career right now, is just because of the fact that uh, you know he he doesn't uh, throw the ball as much. I mean, his, his the Titans are more of a running team, and uh, the you know he he takes off more with his legs. Winston is is a guy that tries to do with his arm a little bit more than I think what Mariota does. So. Okay. That's I see. That's what I see. That's what I see as far as the difference between those two. So if you try to compare them, it's not really much of a comparison because they're so far in their careers they've become different style quarterbacks. Yep. Good point. Good point. So who you got in this one, Carolina or Tampa Bay? Um, I'm gonna go, Sonny. I'm gonna go with the more experienced quarterback, obviously being Cam Newton. So. I like I like the Panthers to win this game. Now I know again I know I picked Tampa to win, um, but as the weeks go on, it, this, this that that pick to win the division is 
looking worse and worse. So um, now, of course, I'm hoping that uh, that Tampa wins, so that way my prediction can continue to look right. But I, I don't see it happening, Sonny. I think Tampa's struggling pretty bad. That loss in Buffalo last last Sunday was was one that they needed, and, and they, they they couldn't get it done. So, I still can't tell who you're picking. <laughs> Carolina, Sonny. Carolina. 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 Good luck with I, I hope for you on that one. That one works out for you. They, that, that team right now scares me. Um, not being consistent. And, you know, maybe this is that game where he, where all of a sudden Cam Newton becomes Cam Newton again. That Because you know, we haven't seen him all year long. So, be interesting to see how it goes. Now, let's end into a game that we haven't uh, that I haven't covered so, on this uh, show so far. Um, and it, it's not one I'm going to spend a lot of time. The two and five. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, loser of two in a row, um, go up against Cincinnati Bengals, who are two and four. Um, and, uh, you know, neither one of these two teams are, you know, great football teams. Um, but you, you've seen what happened last week as far as the Cincinnati Bengals were concerned. And, and then you also took a look and you see what happened when you talked about the Indianapolis Colts. So, you know, the, the Bengals, you know, are a football team that, you know, yeah, they they haven't been playing well. Meeting each other in the past don't mean anything to me. I hate that when people start bringing that that stat out. I, I just look at right now, Indianapolis is just so bad. Even though Cincinnati is just so bad too, um, you know, it, it's one of those things. I mean, they they took a loss to to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I, I'm sorry, the the Colts defense is not the Pittsburgh Steelers. Never mind the fact they're not at home. Um, so the Bengals are at home. There's not a lot I've seen in this game that I really wanted to spend some time with um, because Indianapolis is not the Indianapolis of four or five years ago. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals are you know the same team they. They, they they do the same thing over and over, which is find a way to disappoint their fans. But I think they're going to be able to get the victory here this week. What do you think? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think I think the same thing, Sonny. Um, I think that uh... – oh, what was that? Oh, my headset's <laughs> about to die. That's not good. Uh, okay. But um... – no, I mean, I, I look at this game and, and um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much on board with you, Sonny. I, I think it's it's going to be one of those games that uh, hopefully hopefully maybe maybe Red Zone will get in on it some. But, uh, yeah, I think I like it. I like, I like this as a good one. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game, an entertaining game, because, you know, you know Cincinnati is bad. Uh, Indianapolis is bad. But, you know, right now, I mean, just the best one out of the two, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, you know I, I look at Indianapolis and I see them as the classic underachiever, at least so far for this year. I look at this other side of the ball, and as far as the Baltimore or uh, the Bengals, same thing, completely, completely, you know, underachieving on what they should be. And the Colts' offense, I mean, you know, you got Jacoby Brissett, and you can say whatever you want, a mobile quarterback, but he's just not Andrew Luck. He's, I don't, you know, if he gets time to develop, I think he will. But, you know, 
throw, making bad decisions with the ball. Um, but, you know, he, he does have some talent to throw the ball to. So you've you got to see how that ends up happening with them. And you've you, you got Green and you've got Andy Dalton on the other side. So I, I just – I really think that when you look at this game, it, it's, you know – just right now, the better team in reality has to be the Cincinnati Bengals. So, um, I don't know what you got. Yeah. Are you willing to make a pick on this one? I, I mean, I have to, Sonny. I mean, I have to. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, the Bengals. You know, the Bengals are the better team. Um, yeah. They're not much better, though. I mean, I think they're they're, – they're... <laughs> where do I start? Okay. So we've been on the Bengals for a couple of years now, Sonny, and we've talked yes. about their disappointments and, and things like that and, and how Marvin Lewis should be fired and he should have been fired four years ago. But um, Same old, same old. You know, yeah, well, you know, but here's the thing, though. I think this, is, this year is, you know, they've underachieved more than ever they, they've had since we've been doing the show together. Yeah, if, if, I agree. If that makes any sense to you, I mean, it's been it's been almost the same team for the past five years, and normally at this point in the season, we've seen the Bengals be uh, what seven games. They're normally five and two, maybe even six and one. This year, mm-hmm. what are they? Two and five, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. They're two and five. Correct. I mean. What is the problem? Like, really, like, seriously, what is the problem with the Cincinnati Bengals? I, I New offensive I coordinator for the last couple of weeks, you know, in the last three weeks, they're, they're, they have won two out of the last three because of the new offensive coordinator. So some think that has been the change. They just didn't get the win. La- Actually, I think they did win last week. So I think I'm talking outside of my mouth. Um, but um, they're, they're thinking they the new the offensive coordinators there. Huh? They lost to the Steelers. Okay. All right. So they so they the winner of two of their last three then that they did lose to the Steelers. Um, yeah. But the yeah. off, the offensive coordinator uh, is new for the last three three weeks. And if you lose to the Steelers, that's nothing to really be too ashamed of in reality. Um, so uh, that should be a very very interesting look here. Um, as far as but I mean the Bengals should win this game. I think we're about on the same thing. Yeah, I, I like Cincinnati in this game, Sonny. I mean, you know, if, if Indy had half of the team that they normally have, I mean, you talk about, you know, another team that's underachieving, that's, you know, the Colts are just a mess. And, you know, it, it's it's interesting because, you know, I'm I'm starting to wonder now, and I don't know if you've had the same questions in your head, Sonny, but I'm starting to wonder if Andrew Luck was playing, how much different would this team really look? Would they really be that much better? Or are they still going to be a bad football team that we're seeing right now? Like, how much better would the product be if Andrew Luck was at quarterback? Would, you know, just just an interesting question I had been thinking about. I've been thinking about it for a long time as far as Andrew Luck is concerned. Because I've had people, you know, I'd, I'd say the off-the-mark you know, off the cuff remark is Andrew Luck a bust, and a lot of people say, "Well, Sonny, it's a little bit too early." Okay, I can say that. I can understand that. 
And yes, because it's because of it being hurt more so. But really, in reality, when you look at it, I'm right there with you. Because all you got to do is look at the Indianapolis Colts secondary, which is what's killing this football team, which in turn means that your quarterback has got to score more. When you've got a secondary like Indy, you've got to understand that you've got to score at least 24 or more points in order to win a game, but yet you could still lose that game because you're giving up so much in the secondary. That's what's been Indianapolis mm-hmm. Colts, you know, Achilles heel for the many, many years, okay? And, since they, and, and not, not to boast my sponsor, Melvin Bullitt, but since Melvin Bullitt hasn't been on that football team, that secondary has been god-awful. Um, and and even Melvin will say he wasn't great, uh, but he was a big part of that when they were playing somewhat well. They've always been suspect, but over the years, I don't think last three years, Cuervo, we've seen a demise mm-hmm. of the Indianapolis Colt defense, especially in the secondary. And when teams are just targeting that, that's how they win their football games. So Andrew Luck has got to get bring his team and have him score 24 points a game each and every game. And I say whatever you want about Andrew Luck, he is not he, he is not Tom Brady, he's not Aaron Rodgers, he's not Drew Brees, he is not these guys that are consistently getting the ball into the end zone for his football team in order to win. Because if you take a look at that, the, the names I was talking about. Why Why does Tom Brady have to throw and score over 30 points? It's because of the lack of the defense. Say whatever you want about Indianapolis. Their defense has always been the suspect. You look at when the uh, Drew Brees has got to do it. This is another guy. This is a guy that's got to make up for a lack in the defense. Not a complete lack, but enough. He's going to have to score points. Why? Because their defense give up points. It's the, it's the same thing. Andrew Luck is not that quarterback yet. And the main reason is where both last two seasons, the guy can't be on the field. He's not getting healthy. He's not getting the experience he would need to be the Tom Brady and the Drew Brees and the guys that are able to do that. And you can even go up to uh, North and go see Aaron Rodgers and what that guy has to do. He has to score to win because the defense is suspect for the last few years. So it, it, that's the way I kind of look at Andrew Luck. And I don't think they would even get it this year. Um, even if he was healthy. So that's the problem. Yeah, yeah no, that is that is a big problem. Is You know, is the, is the defense has always been, you know, subpar. Um, and, uh, the, you know, they've always been a bad defense. And even even when in the prime of their, of their years with Peyton, Reggie Wayne, and Marvin and all those guys and, you know, Bob Sanders was the leader of the defense, and, and Melvin Bullitt played for them. Even then, their their defense was middle of the pack. I mean, it's, it's yep. never been a defense that dominated, um, you know, uh, uh, the league. I mean, you know, Dwight Freeman yep. was great, don't get me wrong. And congrats to him. I mean, he signs a one-year deal. with He's a Seattle Seahawk now. Think about Absolutely. that line that they have now, Sonny. My God. So, yep. and this is assuming that Freeney starts, and I know we'll get to the Seahawks later, but just think about Freeney, Sheldon Richardson, Marshall Darius, Cliff Averill. That is scary good. That is scary Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Uh, and no, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, Sonny. Marshall Darius is on your team. My yes. fault. Yeah, I Darius, jumped way yeah. too far in front of That's okay. Yeah, I knew where you he, I got, he's I got down your, in Jacksonville, baby. He's yeah. down in Jacksonville. <laughs> hey, speaking of Jacksonville and Indianapolis, 
I mean, Indianapolis gives up 518 yards to the Jaguars and Blake Bortles, allowed to throw 330 yards on him. Hey, hey, listen, okay, when Blake Bortles is throwing for 330 yards, your secondary is garbage, period. I mean, because Blake Bortles, say what, and, and now granted, they had to do that because they didn't have Leonard Fournette in that game, but you can't be that team. You can't be the team that lets Blake Bortles, of all quarterbacks, throw over 330 yards on you. It, it just can't happen if you're Indianapolis. So, you know, th- there's another one. It, it, just the, the numbers is what scares me about that one. So, yeah, I, there, there's nothing that makes me feel good about Indianapolis. But that does worry us, too. We are kind of talking a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, teams and with good quarterbacks, uh, two good quarterbacks going at each other this week as the San Diego, well, they're not the San Diego Superchargers anymore. They're the L.A. Uh, Chargers going cross-country to play at Gillette. Gillette, hey, hey, Indianapolis is three games in a row at home, Cuervo, um, and and the fact that you're going cross-country and the fact that you've got a team that is up and down because you say whatever you want, the Chargers are three and four. They've won a few games here in the last uh, little bit. Um, but I don't, and that's, a, that's another game I don't have to spend a lot of time on. I love me some Philip Rivers. In fact, I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the NFL because he's just on a god awful football team. Just imagine if he would have had a real football team to play on. That having been said, they go to New England. You know, I, I don't have a lot to say about that. You know, but Rivers has thrown for six touchdowns and no picks. You know, in in uh, you know three games straight. But guess what? Those two touchdowns and no picks, the two touchdowns aren't going to be enough. They're not running the football either. Um, so I look at this game. I, I didn't even have to take two seconds to look at this one. New England, and not only that, I think they win big. Yeah, you know, I mean, you would think so, Sonny, but, you know, it, it's always – the Chargers are always that funny team that when you yeah, don't expect are. them to play a, a good game, they do it. They do it. And – you know, and them beating uh, Miami two weeks ago, coming back and winning yep. the way they did, that was not expected. And then last week, yeah, where did that come from? Not only did exactly. they Denver, but they, they, they shut they shut them out. Zero yep. points for Denver Broncos. None. Zero. And that's something. And that's something I want to get into later with Denver. I don't know if Denver's on their bye week, but if they're playing today, they are. Yeah, you want to talk about a team like like a head scratcher? Like, what is up with these guys? Three points in the past two weeks. That one I don't get, Sonny. That one we'll I we'll talk I'm about that. But that's the Monday night game. That's that's the the Monday. Oh so, yep. yes, against Kansas City. Yeah, against the Chiefs. Yep. You're right. Um, nope. All right, so let's to this game. Um, Got to get my mind right here. Let me get a sip of coffee. But so you got the Chargers. Right, and I don't have the schedule. They're playing who again? New England. They're playing Chargers, New England. Okay. New England. In Gillette. Third week right. in a row at home for the New England Patriots. Well, it's like I said, something. Every time you think the Chargers have no shot or, you know, they, they're, they're not going to – they're just not going to win. They always surprise you. Um, what I will say is that I think the Chargers will, will play – well, I think Philip Rivers uh, has finally found some guys he likes to throw to. 
Uh, even though yeah. the Bears just traded for one of the receivers and, and now he's gone. Uh, but, um, yeah, if you didn't hear about that, the Bears made a trade this week with the Chargers. But, yeah, I did. Um, um, but he still has Keenan Allen. He's still uh, Mike Williams is back. Um, he's got his, his tight ends and Henry and, and Antonio Gates. Yeah. So, <laughs> and Melvin Gordon's healthy, you know, and that's a, that's a huge plus for – Keenan Allen and Melvin, both Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon together on the football field, that does create a buzz. It does, it does, and then you, like I said, now you, and on top of that, you you sprinkle the Mike Williams on top, and two tight ends that can that can you can rely on. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I was a little <laughs> a little. <laughs> Hung about not the yet. Chargers. Not yet. I, I don't know, think you have to I, go I, there yet. <laughs> I, well, I still think they're going to finish last, but you know, as far as how many games they're going to win, is I think where I was maybe a little bit wrong. So, right. Um, Got it. You know, I, 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 I like the Chargers to keep it close, but in the end, you know. Yeah, it'll be too much Brady, Sonny. I think uh I think the um the secondary of the Chargers is what's gonna hurt them. Um as long as Gronk finishes this game, I think he's gonna yep. put up big numbers and uh that's gonna be the deciding factor is is you know, Gronkowski. So I like huh? New England. I'm gonna take I'm taking New England, but I tell you the Chargers are going to keep it close, and I think it's going to be a competitive game. Yeah, Tom Brady, 2,208 yards, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions in seven games, obviously uh, doing what he normally well, does, throwing over an average of 300 a game. And But the problem is is that they got to start protecting him. Brady has been taking some hits this year from behind, getting some sacks and getting some late hits after he releases the ball. So they have to get a little bit better in that as far as the offensive line. But let's just be honest, the Chargers' defensive line is not those Mm -hmm. teams that go in there and is capable really of doing that. And then again, of course, Tom Brady making superstars out of no names as he always does each and every year, a la Peyton Manning as well, making Aaron, you know, you know, Pierre Garçon, you know, you know, household names now. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's just that's what you get when you get Tom Brady and how good he really is. Like I said, he is the goat of the goats right now, and, he, and, and he's still doing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, they're five and two. Isn't it funny? We're talking about the Patriots, okay? You know, not being as good as they normally are. And guess what? They're still five and two, still in control of that division. And guess what? They have time to even get better. Um, so it, it should be really interesting uh, on how this game ends up happening because there are experts out there picking the can. Well, almost I almost said San Diego Chargers. Almost said the LA Chargers uh, in this game. There are some experts actually picking them to win. I, I just don't see it. Um, you know, sometimes we're better than the experts. Um, maybe they know something we don't, but I don't trust Phillip Rivers uh, in the Chargers going cross-country, going up against Tom Brady. And, yes, what you said, Cuervo, is huge. You know, 
they got a healthy Keenan Allen, and that has been one of the best things for them so far this year um, is having the consistency of a team that or a player that they can depend on in the way. And that guy's electric. That's that's your play, your wide receiver playmaker. He's your Antonio Brown kind of guy. He's your Terrell Owens guy, guys mm-hmm. that make plays if they can stay healthy. And that's going to be the big question on him on where he's going to be as far as his future if he can stay healthy. So that should be a good one. Got some experts picking the other side, taking the, uh, the chargers still don't know why, but we'll, that one's going to be a good one to watch. We're both on, on new England on that one, which will take us to this one as the Oakland Raiders are playing cross country. And they're going that just a few miles South. They play the Buffalo bills. The Raiders kind of rejuvenated. The Bills get a big win last week, Cuervo. Um, you know, so you know, yeah, man, oh man, um, you got two teams coming back. That means one of the two teams that are on their in the middle of their comeback, someone's got to lose today. Three and four, New uh, uh, yeah, three and four, Oakland, four and two, Buffalo Bills. Who would have thought the Buffalo Bills are four and two? And we're talking about Tyrod Taylor being an adequate quarterback. I know. Surprise, surprise, right? Yeah. You know, this is a uh, this. I think this is going to be an interesting game because I think it is too. What 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 intrigues me about this one is, you know, if you were to say, you know, four and two versus three and four, you know, you would assume that the Raiders are the four and two team, right? Well, right. That's not the case here. That's not yeah. the case here, and and you know I I mean you can you can say it's because Derek Carr got hurt and things like that, and you know okay fine I'll buy that, um, but you look at you look at uh, the level of play lately with the Raiders, and honestly I mean if yeah, it wasn't like for a, the team for I a, thought they'd be quote if it wasn't for a quote-unquote miracle comeback against the Chiefs on that Thursday night game last week, um, they'd be two I, and five. I would say, yeah, they would be. Well, they would be two and five, and you know we wouldn't we wouldn't be thinking so much of the Raiders in this game, um, and we'd be thinking different about the Raiders as a whole. Um, and, you know, people like yourself that picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I the reality is going, is going to be looking slimmer and slimmer. So, um, well, and this game don't know, help it, Cuervo, is... because they're a ho- Buffalo's at home. So, and, and this yeah. is a football game that this is a football team that has been creating turnovers. And Cuervo, and all you got to do is look at some of the numbers on this. In four losses, you know the Raiders have seven turnovers, but in three wins they have zero turnovers. So this game, as far as the Oakland Raiders are concerned, is all about turnovers. They cannot have it. Mm-hmm. If, if they keep it, you know, low, they might win. Uh, but if they're going to start giving up the ball like they have in those losses, you know, Buffalo will take advantage of it. Yeah, almost definitely. And. and- and all the credit in the world to Sean McDermott. I mean, Sean McDermott is absolutely is a guy that, that unless you know football, you don't know who he is, and you don't know his yep. background. So, learning under the late Jim Johnson, rest in peace, Jim Johnson. Um, that, you know, I mean, that he's one of the most underrated defensive coordinators of this era. 
I agree. Uh, you know, rest his soul. But but uh, you know, if you if you ever wondered, like, man, those those Eagles defenses in, in the in the early two thousands, boy, they were good. Yeah, Jim Johnson, who that is, and Sean yeah. McDermott learned. He he's from he's from the uh, Jim Johnson coaching tree, so um, that's why you see such Love a it. dominant defense in the Buffalo Bills is because of Sean McDermott and what he knows. And and what what I'm looking at today, Sonny, in this game is you know this offensive line of the Raiders better be on point because they are going to come for Derek Carr. Because yeah. you and I both know, Sonny, that there are times where Derek Carr can be – he can be as fragile as, as you know, you know, thin glass. So yeah. um, that, that's what you want to try to avoid is – and I'm not saying that the Buffalo Bills are going to go out and try to injure him on purpose, but they're going to come for him. And if they Absolutely. hit him enough times, he's going to get hurt. If they hit yeah. him enough times, he's going to get hurt. So – that's why I say this offensive line of the Raiders better be ready to go because they're coming for Derek Carr. And if they get to him, it's going to be a long day if you're a fan of Derek. Well, and also, Quavo, look at this. Okay, this is a football team that has got to pass first one second because they don't have a running game. Say whatever you want about Marshawn Lynch. That guy's been ineffective, whatever. And I think he's suspended for well, this game. You know, so yeah, he's not that, playing. That he, yeah, he's not playing. And plus, I never thought he was a relevant threat in reality uh, for Oakland. In fact, I thought he was taking up the space of a young guy. I, you know, he, he's been ineffective. He's been more of a you know pain in the ass than anything, uh, costing them you know obviously games, penalties, you know all that other stuff. He has not been a positive in reality for Oakland, except if you believe what the players are saying. They love this guy. Hey, everybody loves Marshawn Lynch, okay? I get it. I understand that. That doesn't mean that he's good for your football team, and that is my point about him being on this football team. The fact that you've got a guy that, you know, really in reality is a head case, okay, he he affects your football team in a negative way even though he's liked, you know. Say whatever you want about it, he's liked. It's not going to get the job done in Oakland. They don't need a guy that they like. They need a guy that can get the job done, you know, on the ground. Because if you say whatever you want about him, right now Oakland has only averaged 150, uh, 57 yards per game in the four-game losing streak that they were on. Okay, so when you look at that number, that means that they are, you know, you know, maybe having success. No. They're not even having success running the football right now, Cuervo. So that's gonna that's gonna hurt them in this game because the Jets or uh, the Buffalo Bills will create turnovers in the air. And this is a football team. I think they got the most in the NFL. We'll find. I, I gotta find the stat. But if they're not, if they don't have the most, they're creating most of them. And so, um, but the only thing that scares me about this football team. As far as Buffalo is concerned, they'll get the turnovers. They've allowed over in, in the last two games, 320 yards passing in the last two games. And Derek Carr, that, that, that just opens the door for him. So Derek Carr's got to be 100% healthy to prevent the bad mistakes. And if he doesn't make the mistakes, they're going to win the game. I think the mistakes are coming because I don't think he's healthy. And then throwing the fact that they're going cross country, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. on Buffalo. And, and Tyron Taylor is, listen, he is not 
I mean, normally I'll look at a game and I'll say, well, who's the better quarterback? Well, obviously the better quarterback is here. The only problem that I'm getting with Oakland is their defense has given up a lot of stuff too. So, you know, and then throw in the, you know, the, the whammy of going cross country. That, that, that really worries me about Oakland today is the cross country, more so than the talent out on the football field, because if this game was in Oakland, I'd be on Oakland probably in a heartbeat. Yeah, I probably would too, but I, you know, I, you know, it's, it's it's like you said. I mean, you know, they're going to Buffalo. I don't know if this is an early game or if it's an afternoon game. It's an early uh, late one. afternoon game. It's an early. So with that, you know, with yeah. So with that being said, the 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 physical clock on the Raiders is they're they're playing a game at ten o'clock in the morning. Absolutely. And normally, that's that's when they're you know, getting to the stadium, getting ready for the game. Well, by the time they're normally – their bodies are like, okay, time to get ready. It's like, oh, damn, we're on the field already. So, yep. that to me, I mean, you know, a lot of people think that doesn't play a factor. It does. I'm oh, not it saying does. it's the end-all, be-all. It does. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all on why teams that from the West Coast travel to the East and lose. What I'm saying, though, is that it does affect. It does have an effect. And – I think you'll see it uh, here in about an hour when they kick off. And yep. you're going to see the Raiders, they're probably going to start off kind of slow. And um, as, the day, as the game goes on, they'll, they'll start to pick it up a little bit. But I think Buffalo, just the way that they've been playing defensively, um, they, yep. they've been, you know, I mean, they're ball hawks. I mean, that, that's what they've become now. I mean, they're, they're, yep. they are, are getting they're getting better and better at creating turnovers, <clears throat> just like the Bears the past couple of weeks. I mean the Buffalo is they've got the team to do it. So, um, you know, I mean this trade that you know Marcel Darius being gone now. I mean you know it's it's whatever they got in return. I'm sure it was good, but you know there's obviously a reason why they did it, and I think that the, they feel like they're going to be fine defensively. I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills. They are they are the epitome of an uh, of a balanced offense. They're right now fifty fifty right now. So, but when I also look at the other side and I look at some of the other stats as far as the Raiders right now, uh, they're allowing 109 yards rushing in each game, which is you know 32nd worst in the NFL. Um, so, uh, giving up 3.9 yards a carry, which is makes them tied for 12. So you got a combination of that kind of thing as far as and LaShawn, you say whatever you want. Shady McCoy is still Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy will get that three or four yards that he needs to get in order to be good. He'll break one off here each and you know here and there, and and you would be happy with what you would get with him. So you know that's the reason why I'm on that. You know I I think Carr's going to make a mistake today. I think the fact they don't have Marshawn Lynch. And the fact that they don't have any, you know, you know that guy that they really love except their car out on the football field. And then the, throw in the fact that, you know, the Bills are that all hot. If he makes a mistake, they're going to take advantage of it. I have the Buffalo Bills winning this game. And they're, they're not going to win it by a lot, but they're going to, I got them at home. Do you have Buffalo in this game or are you going to go ahead and pick the Raiders? No, Sonny, I'm with you. I'm circling the wagons with the Buffalo Bills today. Um, 
you know, like I said, I mean, it's just, you know, this is one of those games where, and, and you're going to probably hear about it when, uh, you know, when, when the Red Zone shows it or however you're going to be watching this game. They're going to talk about, you know, West Coast teams traveling to the East and, and all that yep. stuff. And, and today the Raiders' performance is going to be the prime example of why, um, why, why it's, it, it does matter. Why it does matter. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you, though, if this game was a later game, it might be a different story. I think you're right. But because it's, because it's early, that is one of the big reasons why I'm taking Buffalo. It's just because of you got the, the physical clocks. Absolutely. The physical clock, I think, has a lot to do in this game. Next game up on the board, I'm not spending time on. Right now, San Francisco you know, hasn't won a game. Philly is going to win the NFC East, uh, and they get to put another check underneath the W. They're just a better football team. San Francisco don't have a snowball chance in hell winning this football game, especially when the game is in Philadelphia. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there ain't much to talk about in this one, Sonny. Real quick update, though, about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Minnesota 30, Cleveland Browns 16, so... Big surprise, uh, game, right? I didn't even ask you who you picked uh, because you're not play. that dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Of course I took. Of course I took the Browns. You can get an itchy thing. You can get an itchy finger sometime, but you're not that dumb. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, and, and no, sad, we can't even. We can't even really spend any time on this game because San Francisco has been has become. You know the joke in reality, uh, you know of uh, of the NFC right now, and it and it really should not be because I hate this. It, see, that's what I hate. I hate seeing storied franchises ending up exactly where the San Francisco 49ers are. You know the the the, the mm-hmm. franchise uh, 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 Joe Montana, Steve Young, you know Dwight. Clark, you know, Carol Owens, you know, all these guys, you know, and the success that teams, those teams had bring in the new regime that we can do it better. And it's all about us. And you're getting the team that you expect. And now I will say, just put it out there. I think they got the right coach. Now they need to get the guy that brings in the players they need the general manager to be able to step up for it. And I, I said it as soon, as soon as they brought in Brian Horry, you had to fire him. I, and, and I know that's a gun. I know that's a knee-jerk uh, reaction. But, it, you know, as soon as you say that Brian Hoyer could be the answer for your football team, you don't deserve a job as a GM in the NFL. Sorry, you don't. And I don't care if it's political correctness or not. Yeah, the answer to that question is, well, we need a backup quarterback. But instead, they put him at the starting quarterback, and guess what? They're in the situation now where they're starting the rookie now over there. So, you know, you know, I'm sorry. I like John Lynch as a football player. He's, and I'm going to put it out there. He is the worst general manager in the NFL here today. John Lynch? Absolutely. Oh uh, no, Sonny! I, I think I think he's got some great. He's Ryan got some great picks. He, he picked up some good picks. I'll give him that. 
But as far as talent on the football team right now, Cuervo, what is it? I mean, the guy hasn't done anything. Now, you know, getting the uh, getting the draft picks is going to be good for him. But right now, as far as talent out on the football field, this team is 0-7. And you want to hear something stupid, Cuervo? Okay. Everybody was talking about how soon, you know, quick they were talking about getting rid of Colin Kaepernick. I'm telling you right now, Colin Kaepernick would be a ten times better, you know, answer to what's going on than what they they got going on over there. Forget all the controversy this guy has started. Forget all the things that are going on. I mean, Brian Hoyer couldn't carry Colin Kaepernick's job. Never mind the rookie that they got started. This is a franchise that went ahead, and you know, Colin Kaepernick got out of town before. You know, if Colin Kaepernick was smart. He would be playing in the NFL today. You can say all the, all the speculation that they would have got rid of him. I've heard that from every freaking expert out there. But until it happened, it wouldn't have happened. And it wouldn't have happened before training camp. It would have been after that. Because if worst-case scenario, if you're San Francisco, you got Colin Kaepernick as a backup. And, yes, he's creating controversy. But at least you got some sort of A talent at the backup quarterback if you went out and got one. I, I'm still not falling for the fact that they would have cut him and let him loose. I, I, I'm not. I'm not falling for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is. It just seems like a revolving door when we talk about Colin Kaepernick and the situation that's going on with him. You know, it, yep. it almost. It's almost like it, it stems back to the to the same thing of, you know, the disrespect that he showed on the field and things like that. And yep, but we're not. I mean, it, it's about time we talk about, you know, his performance, you know, as far as that aspect of why he's not on a football team. And we can argue all day about the political issues and things like that and, and whatnot, but let's let's really take a look at his performance last year, okay? Because I'm telling you, if Tom, if Tom – if Brady did what he did, let's be real. He would not be looking for a job right now. Somebody would have yep. signed him. Why? Absolutely. Because he's because he puts the numbers up and he performs. Okay. Now, well, Cuervo, he he's he's white. What about what about a black quarterback? Okay, let's pick a black quarterback. Let's pick a guy like Russell Wilson. I can't think of a mm-hmm. person that doesn't like this guy. Okay. If Russell Wilson would have done that and started all this nonsense, you think he'd be unemployed right now? Not a chance. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think so either because of the because he performs. He performs, exactly. and, and that's that is really the reason why. And and does, it, does the political side have a little bit to do with it? I'm not gonna lie, Sonny. Yeah, maybe, but really, what it comes down to is performance. And the only reason why that that's an issue is because of the media, Cuervo. So really, if you think about it, because really, I, I'm telling you right now, you and I both are going to agree with the statement I'm going to say. If that guy had talent enough to do what he does at the quarterback position, more so than anybody else that they can bring in as a rookie, he'd be somewhere. That tells you about the talent is what he did last year. A rookie could have done that. A rookie could have put up those numbers. They were pedestrian. I don't care what anybody says. If you think it was a great performance last year, great. Uh, yeah, he had some good stats. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, a good rookie, take a, like, take a jump back last week or last year. All you got to do is take a look at the quarterback that's playing today for Philadelphia. Okay? Uh, yeah. Now, granted, he's that, yeah. who's better now? Who would you want? Would you want Colin Kaepernick? Or would you want that rookie that's over there in Philadelphia that is cleaning up this year and making, them, making Philadelphia looking very smart that they grab this guy up? You, I'm telling you, you get a good enough rookie, you get Colin Kaepernick at least, at least. And I, I know people are going to shoot me in the head about that statement, but talent will always always overshadow any kind of controversy that they can bring. All you got to do is look at Ray Lewis, okay? His talent overshadowed the fact that he's a murderer, okay? Guess what? What's worse? Some people obviously think it's Colin Kaepernick. Um, No, it's really simple. The guy didn't have it enough to where they were going to spend money on him and depend on him. And then the fact that, yes, the media and what he's doing, that that is the the off the field problem that they didn't have to deal with it. So the fact that he is less than less than average as a quarterback and he brings the controversy, yeah. And I don't even want to hear about this collusion. Guess what? It's the NFL. You're good enough. You play. It is as simple as that because it don't matter if you're black or white in this league. If you got talent, you play. Period. And and out of well, all the okay. teams that are out there. It's real simple. There's no racism in the NFL. I believe that. I'm going to throw a twist on on you that maybe a lot of people haven't talked about. Maybe some people have. Because I'll tell you, I can name a white quarterback right now that took knees almost every week but, but just couldn't perform on the field. And right now, he's not in the league. He's not playing quarterback for anybody. He's not on an NFL roster. He, he took knees every single week. But because of his performance, he, he, you know, he's out of the league now, and he, and he can't find a job. I'll give you a hint, Sonny. He's playing baseball for the New York Mets. Absolutely. Single A. Yep. Okay? Ah, but you weren't expecting that one, were you? I and knew that I said one, he's though. he's taking knees. I knew that for, for religious purposes. Exactly. But here's the thing. Nobody nobody criticized him. Or no, no, I'm sorry, people did criticize him in a way because of his strong religious beliefs and and, and the way he is as a person and questioned his you know, passion for the game and, and whatnot and, and but you know what? What ultimately would have came down to, Sonny, you, and you mentioned it earlier, Tim Tebow threw eight passes in a game and won a football game yep. before. Yep. Okay? So is it really all about winning? Is it really all about winning? That's what he did almost every week. He threw 10, 12 passes a game and won football games. Well, why, so why isn't he in the league if he, if he wins? Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. So it, all it, you, is, it is. All you, all you, you know, people that uh, that are talking about, you know, he's that Colin Kaepernick can't find a job because of his appearance, or because of his political stance, or because he's black. But no, that doesn't. 
I'm sorry, you're, you're not going to convince me of that. He doesn't I'm not either. I'm right there with you. He's not a he's not a performer, man. Like, don't give me that oh. because of his political stance. Like, so what about Tim Tebow? You know what I mean? Like, give me, let, let's let's talk about that for a second. And I'll tell you right now, if I had to pick between Colin Kaepernick and Tim Tebow, I'm taking Colin Kaepernick every single time. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. So don't give me this, oh, you're being racist, Cuervo. No, I just said it. I would rather have Colin Kaepernick than Tim Tebow as my quarterback. Why? Because he's better talented. Absolutely. That's really what it and comes no, down and to. Talent, talent finds the field in the NFL, Cuervo. I'm sorry it does. Absolutely. I mean, it, 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 if, you yeah. got, if you got an ounce of talent enough to play in the NFL, you'll be on a roster, period. Um, because you say whatever you want about the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you know, those guys, they got talent. Okay, now granted, they're on a bad football team. They're a badly ran organization. As soon as they get that part put together, they'll have the right talent in order to win. But if you have talent, you hit the football field in the NFL. It is that simple. And, you know, you can talk about whatever you want. Tim Tebow obviously bringing his quote-unquote baggage. You know, Colin Kaepernick's baggage, you know, is his uh, political stance. Tim Tebow is his religious stance. You know, they, they got it. But guess what? If they were a lick of good, they'd be in the NFL. Now, granted. Sonny thinks Tim Tebow should have been playing, um, you know, and at the time when it was an issue, obviously you can't bring Tim Tebow back now to play NFL. He's been out of the game for way too long. But even at that point, I thought he could be on there. But what I always say, Cuervo, Tim Tebow would be the best backup quarterback in the NFL. No, sorry, I said not starter, but the best backup NFL, uh, quarterback in the NFL because he's got the experience. But – at the same time, he didn't have the talent, and that's the reason why he wasn't there. And they thought of Tim Tebow the same way that they're thinking of Colin Kaepernick. We can get a rookie to do the same damn thing, and that's what, and that's the reason why. If Tim Tebow's talent was much higher than what it was, he'd be on an NFL football field more so than a baseball diamond. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, Sonny. And, and you know, that that's – Really, you know what what it came down to was just, you know, with both of them was was the level yeah. of talent wasn't there because, I mean, you know, let's let's just say that this whole thing would never would have happened with, uh, you know, with him, you know, taking the knee and all that stuff. You look at his performance. What really makes you think, with a new general manager and a new head coach? That the Niners were going to keep him anyways. Let's I just agree. say that it never happened. Yep. Ka- Kaepernick never took a knee, played all last season, and his numbers were average. You know, I mean, you know, 3,500 yards, 3,000, maybe 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 17 interceptions or 15 interceptions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, th- you think a team that's going to rebuild? wants a quarterback with those type of numbers? They want that Hell quarterback no, only in a backup role at best. And, and and you think John Lynch is a guy that's going to pay Colin Kaepernick $8 bucks to be a backup 
eh, or whatever his salary was at the time. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, but it's irrelevant. That's that's really you know, I mean, come on. So <laughs> he would have gotten he would have gotten cut by the Niners regardless. Now, yeah, now it brings up the interesting question. Now it brings up the interesting question of would somebody else have picked him up? That's just like last year. Oh, before I'm telling you right now. Listen, before this whole thing happened, for folks, that guy be on the roster, okay? He's good enough to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. No one's even – I don't even think that uh, – the, the argument is should he be a starter, you know, sorry, no. But he's good enough to be a, a backup quarterback in the NFL. Now you've got to be able to be able to prove your worth the headache that you bring, a la Lynch, Marshawn Lynch. Say whatever you want about him. Okay, all right. I don't think the guy was worth the headache. All right, I never thought he was worth the headache. I thought he was a pain in the ass when he was up in Seattle, and he, he, the only time he played well is when he was with Buffalo before he went to Seattle. So, you know, going through all that crap, you know, teams have to look at what's going to make their team look well. Okay, I mean, talent overcomes it. You got a murderer on your team, but. How does it affect the bottom line? It doesn't. But when you bring in a guy who's suspect, and that's exactly what Colin Kaepernick is, so is Tim Tebow. They're subject to being, you know, you know, mediocre. That means the other part that you bring, which would be your baggage, which would be your political stance, in Tim Tebow's case, God, um, is it worth the media circus that it causes, and it's obvious the answer is no. And you know, it, you know, because if it was worth it, you know, they say you know, no, no, uh, no uh, publicity. Even bad publicity is good. Not in the NFL, it isn't, and that's the reason why it doesn't work. Um, the NFL is more on image than anything, and and that's the reason why it's there. Are you there, Corvo? I am here, sir. Okay. Yeah, just breaking up just a little bit, but we got you good. So, all right, so we're on Philly. We, uh, we got off on the rampage like we usually do. We got to love it. That's why we love this show. It's the reason why we can talk what we talk about. So let, let's head into the next game as, as there's lots of controversy surrounding the situation. Houston and Seattle. I mean, you know, granted, if you're keeping your nose in any kind of sports, you know what's being said. And, you know, only thing that happened is, is do I care about what the owner of the Houston Texans said? No. And the reason why I don't is every owner, every single owner in this league has said exactly what he said. He just said it out loud or in the wrong company. And that's what ended up happening here. So do I feel, you know, do I, do I feel any different about the owner? No, because I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be a hypocrite on what I think. That's it. He just said what every single owner in the NFL said. Whether it's right or wrong, that's irrelevant. But that's what's going on in the NFL. Now, how you feel about that is about how anybody does their business today, okay? No, I own this team. It's going to be bad my way. The the inmates are not going to run the asylum. In this case, he said prison, which in turn – brought it up even worse, so you add up and forget the inmates running the asylum, you say prison, which makes it tenfold worse than what it was, 
I don't care. I, I have to admit, I, and, and I might be so in politically correct that I'm so out of touch, but if I know every single football owner is saying this, why should we even care? We're still watching the NFL. So the fact that he just spewed it out just shows his stupidity more so but, than anything. And how this is going to overshadow the game here, Cuervo, right now, I'm telling you right now, Texans, they're 3-3. Three and three. They're playing good. Seattle is not. And right now, I'm going to – I'm just – you know, I don't have a lot to say about this game because I don't – at the beginning of the season, I didn't trust Seattle. They got the win last week. Hey, wonderful. I'm happy for you. If you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, be happy that you got that victory last week. The only problem is, is is that I think they're getting a different team in the Houston Texans. Now, Seattle's won three in a row. They are at home. Houston missing their guy, but they're getting their quarterback showing up. Um, I don't trust it, and I think that sideline deal last week just proved exactly what I was talking about the whole time uh, as far as Seattle was concerned. Um, But – I don't have enough to pull the trigger to get Houston to take the victory in Seattle. Seattle wins by one, two, or three. Uh, but Seattle's going to give them – or uh, uh, Houston's going to give them a run for the money today. Is, 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 that, is that game in, in Houston or Seattle? It's in Seattle. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that funny? Where, I, I, that, it, it, yeah. Where, where's that game being played at? Because I, I think you – I'd pull this trigger if it was in Houston. I would. I'd pull this trigger in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, right now, Seattle, I just don't trust them. I'm telling you there's something about the 12th man up there that makes this team much better at home. They've lost some – don't get me wrong. They've lost some games. And, and currently thinking the St. Louis Rams. Notice I said St. Louis. St. Louis <laughs> went up there on more than one occasion and beat that football team. Okay? So um, – Watch out. So, yep. so Seattle gets a victory here today, but Seattle, Houston's going to make this game very interesting. And here's what I'm going to say. My mind, gut, and my pick is Seattle, but I sure hope the hell Houston beats them somehow today. <laughs> well, I think it's, that's more because you, you're not a Seattle fan. You just don't like them. I'm not. Tony, that's, that's, I, don't, I don't like them. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like the way they – I don't like the way they show their quote-unquote professionalism of football, and that's exactly the reason why I don't like them. You're right. I won't well, deny the talent on that football team all day long, um, you know, because I have put Russell Wilson in my top ten at quarterbacks, and if not, he's on the outside of the top five uh, when he's healthy. Right now, that's another thing, Cuervo. I don't think Russell Wilson is still healthy to this day. There's still something wrong with him. He's, he's throwing flat-footed. I mean, he, he's just not the same guy we saw two years ago or the, still the same quarterback that we saw in the Super Bowl that won the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's, that's my worry about Seattle. With the combination of the depleting talent that they got, uh, the egotistical nonsense that they got going on in the football field on the defensive side of the ball, you have Russell Wilson, who is the class of the organization. I don't think he's healthy, and they would be lucky to have this three-game winning streak that they got going on right now. Uh, it hasn't been because of Russell Wilson at the same time. Um, so, you know, this, this is a football team I think is, is close to imploding right in front of us. Um, and 
I think it's. I think it's towards the end of the season when games are on the line and they need a win to get into the playoffs or to win the NFC West, it, we could see it fall fall apart. However, I got to you know kind of looking at what the landscape of it, they're going to have to try to keep up with the Rams. Whoever out of all teams in this division, they got to keep up with the Rams, and that might be a tough task for them here, Cuervo. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, Sonny. Uh, I like I like Seattle in this game. It's gonna be interesting though to see the how this game starts off. And I'm not talking oh, yeah. about kickoff. I'm talking about before that. Absolutely. Um, apparently, Absolutely. you apparently know, apparently Red, Zone, Red Zone setting up the cameras right now, Cuervo, getting ready and trying to give video on what's going on up there. I, I I would love love to hear and forget what's happening out on the football field. I'd love to be in the booth with them setting this up and how they're setting this up, how the media is playing it. And, you know, you say whatever you want. The NFL is the commodity, but they got free reign on mm-hmm. putting the what's out there. The NFL is not mandating keep the cameras away from them because they can't. Um, so it'd be really interesting how they're setting this up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm sure you read the article, but there's there there was supposedly a players only meeting yesterday that um that they held and that they've got something special lined up for their uh, political stance today against their owner. I mean, there's been talk as far as ripping the labels off the helmets, uh, you know, everybody taking a knee, um I mean, it, 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 yeah. it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if something like the uh, Donald Sterling thing with the Clippers, if they turn their jerseys inside out, maybe they do something like that. I mean, I don't know. In practice. In practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they did that in a game, if I remember right. No, no, no. They did it before the game. I don't, I, I'll look that up, Cuervo, but I think they did it before the game. Um, here, here's the yeah, problem with that. Yeah, during warm-ups. Not during the game, but during warm-ups. Yep. Where they now? Yep. Do I think that could happen here? Absolutely. But when it comes down to the paycheck, listen, you can be the biggest talker in the world at all, Cuervo. And I know, I and I know people on my Facebook page, and I know many of them are going to whip me for what I'm about ready to say. When it starts mm-hmm. affecting the paycheck, then I'll believe what they say. All right. There's one guy that walks out of practice, big whip. I can care less about that. He walks out on the football team, then I'll have a little more respect for his stance. Until the money stops rolling and they do something about it, then then it's business as usual, and that's what any business, regardless what controversy is going on, they have to think of it as business as usual. And if they are going to walk or do whatever they're going to do, that's when it affects the football team. That is when something's going to happen. Right now, there's only supposedly one that's got, that walked out on practice, but in my understanding, he's going to be in the game this week. So un- until it actually takes money out of their pockets, I believe their stance when that happens. And I know that's a sad thing to say, but you can sit here and be about this all day long. But if you want, it, you got to ha- let's put it this way, Cuervo, you have to have as many balls as Colin Kaepernick does in your stance. That's the way I'll put it. That guy's not playing. Now, granted, no one wants him, but that guy was willing to walk out on it. And listen, if he didn't think he was going to get controversy, this guy kind of in the back of his mind knew with his stance that he was going to cost that he wouldn't play this year. So I got to give Colin Kaepernick some, some, you know, balls 
you know, for making the statement. As soon as the, all the quote-unquote outrage happens that way, then I'll go for it. But guess what? They're just like any other human being out there. They need their job. As much as they make, but they still need their job. Now, there are plenty of players out there that have made their money already. So, you know, I, I, I'm looking at a lot of it. But even though, if you got all the money and you still walked out on the cause, I got to give you the stones for it. But until one player actually does it, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say I don't look at their cause as serious, but I, I see a lot of it as lip service. And Cuervo, you on mute or he's going, oh, she's Sonny went to a land he shouldn't have. <laughs> I might have lost Cuervo. Okay, yeah, I did. I lost Cuervo. He, he was at a, um, uh, um, you, you know, I, I hear all of it, and, and I am. I'm all for and, and don't get me wrong, everybody. I'm completely understanding of where these guys are coming from. Okay, I love their stance. I love exactly what they're doing. And frankly, the, 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 the political stance isn't affecting me as a fan, except more in the fact that I don't like listening to news as much as I used to. I used to listen to news all day long, but I just don't listen to news anymore, um, unless it's about the status of a player. Once it starts going political, I'm turning my ears off. I don't want to hear it anymore. Um, and, and more than the fact that it takes away from my enjoyment from the game. Now, granted, some people are saying that's exactly what the protest should be doing. Wonderful. It's, it, it succeeded, but I'm not listening to it anymore, um, more, more so than anything. But when you're looking at this football team and you're looking at this football game itself, there's a lot of things that go into it. And yeah, these guys are taking a stance, and I don't want to take that away from them, but I'll – you know, if guys start walking away from it, I, I, that's how serious you are about your stance. You don't do things because you don't like the way things are done. You take that stance, you walk away. Same thing that happened over in the Clippers. We talked about it on this show itself. If those guys were really serious, they'd walk away from the Clippers. If they really were something that's going on. They'd walk away from the Clippers. If the NFL and the teams that are playing and the players that are playing, if they had showed enough stones and walked away from it, then I'd respect it more. Until then, it, it's like the Clippers and Donald Sterling. And, and I'm, not, I'm not all about it. And that, that having been said, I'm going to bring in uh, the, the, the good old boy himself, as I recognize the area goes. This is Brian Simon on a Sunday morning. Good morning, Brian. What's up? Never mean it, no Good to see or hear from you. I saw your post a little bit earlier, and I'll say it for you. Every, every single NFL owner has said exactly what the owner of the Houston Texans said. They just He just said it in front of a microphone. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer every single one of those owners, and even the commissioner has said exactly what yeah. that guy is saying. Well, but, Sonny, Sonny, what, what's wrong with it? I know what's wrong I with it. I hear it every day. I hear it every day. It's not racial, so what's wrong with it? No, no, no. And, and, and hold on. That's the problem. That's where people are coming involved with it, Tarvin. They're saying, instead of him saying the inmates running the asylum, 
He says inmates running the prison, which is the undertone racial act. Now, I'm not agreeing with it. That's just where they're coming with their agenda and the race portion of it. That's where it's coming. This media. The media is so full of shit, Tony. I'm sorry. I hate the media. I mean, here's the deal. Nobody – it doesn't – look, inmates are not in an asylum anyway. So what the hell does that even quote even mean? But the bottom line is the guy's old. He probably didn't – he probably missed the inmates around the asylum. But when you're that age, you probably – hell, I'm 40, 41, and I forget things sometimes and say a different word. So I think he meant that. But the way he said it, that's the first thing that popped to his mind. I mean, these Houston Texans guys, Sonny, as soon as they left practice, they should have been – Okay, you quit. I don't know you anything anymore. You're done. You walked off. You're done. You're no longer welcome here. You quit your job. You don't get a severance pay. You don't get a contract. Your ass is out of work. Go bag groceries, you piece of shit. That's what should have been said. <laughs> hey, and you are not the only one that has thought that at all. Not even close, Tarvin. A lot of people are right there doing that as well. So, um, so, uh, that just we'll, makes we'll me see. angry, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not sure what Everyone's the situation is. Oh, poor me! <laughs> I'm offended. Let me go run away like a little bitch. I'm, I mean, I'm tired yeah. of it, man. I'm. The I'm only, so th- sick the of only the thing I would. Yep. It, the only thing I want is. I, I, the only thing I want is NFL playing NFL football games. You know, yeah. the, the political portion that has gotten involved with it is taken away from the game. Has it affected the NFL? Sure it has. Have they learned the lesson? Sure they have. Uh, is it affecting uh, revenue? Sure it has. Is anybody losing money? No. Yeah. Now, are they not getting as much as they well, want? Sponsors. Yes. Sponsors but guess dropping. what? Until, yeah, until they start losing money. Okay, this is never going to be an issue with the NFL because sooner or later it will blow over, I think. You know, now whether or not it yeah. will or not, I guess we'll we'll find out, but uh, we'll see. Well, that's why the owners are talking right now is because they're smart enough to realize that this is their business. This is their retirement. This is their kids, grandkids' future. And these kids, these guys that don't even know anything about the damn First Amendment, slavery, anything like that. They're the ones didn't even go to college or graduate. They're the ones that that are, are protesting. They don't know anything about slavery. They weren't slaves. Unless I don't care if you read in a book or not. Unless you've lived it, you have no idea about it. And I don't care if your granddad explained it to you. You don't understand it. So these people, what are they protesting? And what are they what 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 are they going to do today when they rip the logo, the Houston Texans logo, off their helmet? I mean, what what is that going to mean? Well, they're going to get what fined for that. If that happens, Tarvin, they're going to get fined for that. You know, you they can say whatever fired. you want. The, well, the NFL will find them. Whether or not the team does that, you know, I don't know. You know, just the business portion of it makes it to where even the owners are wimps about it at the same time because you can say whatever you want. You can't have Deshaun Watson walking away from your football team right now. He is your right now. He is your franchise, and not only that, he's a pretty cool cat. Um, take away from that, but he wouldn't do there's that. There's a lot of things. Deshaun Watson wouldn't do that. Well, that's the point. That was the point I was talking about right before you came on. As soon as these guys actually walk away from the check, 
then I will respect their stance mm-hmm. a little bit more. I said the same things when the Clippers were doing the same thing they were doing against Dallas Sterling. If this is so offensive, okay, and I know it's easy for me to say this because I'm a white guy, but I'm going to tell you right now as a white guy, if an owner of a business that I was working for was doing something to the point where I was uncomfortable, I would pick up and leave. And until these yep. guys do it, I am not, I, I'm not going for it. Well, that, no. well Sonny, they're Sterling just like every other situation. American after that, Tarvin, because they got to make their living. they got to make their money. Yeah. Welcome to the real world of doing stuff you sure. don't want to do. Yeah, but Sterling to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I think that was a different situation, and I, I'm 100% with sure you, but you're right. You can't just quit, and then all of a sudden – Guess what? You don't have any money. Your family can't survive anymore. I get it. But the thing is, I see more of an issue with protest. I would have protested Donald Sterling, and I would have made sure his ass was gone, just like they did. Um, yeah. But this is a different situation. This old man is just talking about, and it's every day. I've heard it in business yep. ten times this year already. Absolutely. Hey, guys, you've got leadership in place. You can't let the inmates run the asylum. And, and I'm an inmate, no. Yep. I'm not. I'm not an inmate. Yeah, no, no, no. You're, you, you know what you are, Tarvin? A fool. You are a guard. You're a guard, okay? So it, 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 that's, that's the thing. You see, in, in, and, yeah, he, he, he chose the wrong – I don't know. He probably would have got ripped for saying letting the inmates run the asylum too. Um, but it, it just kind of makes it, you know – a little bit less, but when he said prison, that's what really started the, started the whole thing. It, it, you know, but it, it's a guy who misspoke on his uh, uh, what's it called a common a common phrase that everybody says, he, whatever that's yeah. called. He, he he used the wrong word there, and you know he meant asylum. He said prison, and now it's <laughs> he got thrown out of out of proportion, and that's where yeah. it's at. It's like raining so. cats and dogs. Do you think dogs and cats are coming out of the sky? I mean, it's, exactly. No. <laughs> it's not. So, I mean, hey, it's just, to your... me, look, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Yeah, and, and and it's taken away from the enjoyment of keeping up with the news, not the game. I love this game. I'll watch this game. But during the week, I, I don't even listen to the news anymore. I, I don't because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of listening to it. And, you know, and if that's because of my white skin and I don't have to live it anymore, wonderful. So do you. You can turn off the radio just as easy as me, okay? It, it, you know, it goes that way. It goes that route. Seriously, I don't even listen to it anymore. And once I see it as something I, that I'm reading, I don't – I want to know who's hurt. I want to know who's going to help the football team win this week. So that that's kind of where I'm at on it. But it is one thing. Now, let, let's let's get your picks. Atlanta and the Jets, what's your luck on that? Um, I, think the, I think the Falcons bounce back. I mean, I don't think the Jets are that good. They give up uh, – they give up a lot of big plays, and I don't know. I think yep. Atlanta has the bounce back. If they lose this one, you can write them off the rest of the season. But it's going to be hard to go on the road and get a win in New York. It's kind of cold there, I believe, right? Yes, it's cold everywhere, yes. Well, Atlanta doesn't like the cold weather, Sonny, so um, I don't know. I'm going to pick the Falcons just because they have to win. I hope they lose, but 
Um, yeah, they they actually have no choice. They have to win, or it's over. It's and over. that keeping within keeping them within that conference where both uh, Carolina takes on Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Carolina is bad. You lose. You get ten days off to face the Bears. You lose to the Bears. Tampa Bay, even with Jameis Winston hurt, he throws for three forty-eight and three touchdowns. And, uh, that's the reason why I'm on Tampa Bay. Cuervo's on Carolina. Well, let me tell you this, Sonny. Carolina, you remember they looked great for a few weeks there, and it's all about one thing: the offensive line. And they yep. got their center back last week for the first time. Um, and I think maybe it took a little while to come around. I think this week Cam Newton will will throw for 300. They'll win today. Luke Keekley's back. And I think missing him, I know he's the best defensive player on the team, but I think he's the emotional uh, leader of that team. And I think people rally around him. It's not Cam Newton. Nobody's going to rally around that piece of crap, the way he acts and right stuff. They're, they're rallying around right. Luke Keekley. And right now uh, I think Carolina back. wins the game. Yeah, I think Carolina yep. wins this game, Sonny. Um, but it'll be – if, if they don't win it, it's going to be ugly. That's all I can tell you. It's yeah. going to be an ugly season for Carolina. Now, the team that beat Carolina last week, Chicago's in New Orleans. Are you a believer in Chicago enough to no. take the New Orleans uh, – no. take them over New Orleans in New Orleans? No way, dude. Chicago didn't even, even really score a point the other day against Carolina. They had that fumble recovery for a touchdown and then the pick six. So – they didn't do anything offensively. And if you're going to beat Drew Brees, you better be able to score points. And I don't think they can. I think New Orleans routes them. I, I think they do too. Cincinnati is uh, home against Indianapolis. Uh, Cincinnati. That's what I thought. We didn't talk much. San Diego and New England. Now, uh, there's some experts out there that are pulling the trigger on the Chargers. <laughs> Well, they'll be close. It'll be a close game, but if you're going to beat the Patriots, it's going to be early in the season, and that's when they lose, early in the season. They're not going to lose They're not going to lose to the Chargers now. It'll be a seven-point game, but New England will get the win. Oakland and Buffalo. Call me crazy, but I'm going with Buffalo. No, you're not crazy. Cuervo and I both went Buffalo, uh, so, yeah, yeah, I don't think you're crazy at all. And the easy one, 49ers in Philly. Uh, 49ers. No, I'm joking. Uh, I'm going to pick the easy yeah, I, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Houston in Seattle. What do you think about that one? Well, here's the deal. After all the crap that's going on in, in Houston, they're going to get their ass whipped now in Seattle because they're focused on political correctness. They're focused on the wrong thing. And now Seattle's going to punish the rookie quarterback. I, yeah, I, yeah, so, so you think Seattle wins or Houston? Yeah, Seattle beats the piss out of them. Yeah, exactly. So that brings us into the game, and I'll bring back on Mr. Cuervo. Cuervo, the game, Dallas and Washington. Uh, as we got 14 minutes, we got three games we got to roll through. Dallas, are they ready to be the team? I don't think they are. They're in Washington. This one was easy. I'm not saying the Washington Redskins are a better football team than the Dallas Cowboys, but they're, the Dallas Cowboys are not a good road team. That's number one. Number two, they're not a good football team. And I, 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 normally I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys, but when they play a team that they should beat, even by a little, this, this is a team that doesn't show up. Now, granted, 
you know, who's better? The 49ers or the Washington Redskins? Obviously, I think they are. I think Washington gives them a run for the money, and I'm taking the home team. I'm taking Washington. Who do you have, Cuervo? Well, first of all, Brian, good to hear your voice, buddy. Um, you know, I, I think oh, that thank um, you. when you um, when you look at this game, you know, Dallas took care of business last week, right? They, they were supposed Should've. to beat the snot out of the show, and they did. Um, yeah. You know, as far as this one, I look, I look at last year, you know, Dallas goes into Washington, you know, and, and comes up with a – if I remember right, they came from behind and won that game. And, um, yes, they did. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't really expect much different. I think Dallas goes in there. They take care of business. I mean, they hit a slump for, for a couple of games, but I think they're they're back on track. Um, now that they know the situation with uh, Ezekiel Elliott and his, and his, uh, his face as of right now with the whole with the whole situation with him, I think, you know, kind of like Brian said, where now their focus can be back on football instead of, oh, man, are we going to lose Zeke? Are we going to – are we going to lose him? Is he going to stay? Is he going? Like, what's up? Now that they know that this thing is being delayed and the judge, whatever, um, you know, is going on, now they can focus back on football. And I, and I, and I strongly feel like that's, that's where the Dallas Cowboys are. Is they're focused on football again. Uh, they're probably not even thinking about, uh, you know, the political situation in the NFL going on. The boss, the boss has, has spoken. If you play for this team, you're going to stand. That's it. I don't want to hear about, well, he can't do that. Or, look, let me tell you something. Sign my check that said $10 million bucks on it. I'm going to do whatever he asked me to. Well, just about it. I agree. Okay. Yep. So, you know, that, that, that's the way I look at it. You know, you don't pay me so You're dealing with pussies. They don't think like that. You, I, yeah, I know, bro. But I'm just telling you how I feel. If Sonny paid me $10 million to do this show, I'm going to do whatever he asked me to do. Okay? So, I would become a I'll, transgender for $10 million. I mean, no, I don't care. $10 million. I'm changing my name, though. I ain't changing my name. I'm not going to become Maria. I'm telling you right. <laughs> Maria Cuervo. Cuervo. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening, guys. Yeah, I mean... Tarvin, what... Go ahead, finish up. I'm sorry, Cuervo. No, what I was just going to say is, you know, it, it, but like you said, I mean, not everybody thinks that way, and they think that uh, it, it's it's uh, I can do what I want because I'm a I'm a person, and you know, I have feelings, and you know, okay, great. Well, I guess that's the world we live in now, guys. <laughs> Tell what do you think, Washington at home against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go with Washington in this one. I like him at home. I think Cousins will make some plays. I think they'll get a win. I'm not really impressed with the Cowboys, guys. I'm not impressed at all. I'm not impressed with them against a team that can give them a problem. And until they can win those games consistently, I pick against them. Um, 49ers, that was an easy pick. They they should have beat them, and and they're better than them. But, man, when they go up against NFC East foes, man, it don't matter, good, bad, or indifferent. That that's a that is a fight, and this game will come down to play calling. And if it comes down to play calling, the Cowboys lose because you say whatever you want about the Dallas Cowboys right now, they are not 
having good play calling going on right now, and that's affecting them as a football team. So until they get that fixed, until they have a coach that knows how to play and, and call the right plays, I can't pick the Dallas Cowboys against the team that might win. And that's what we get, might win. So that's where I'm at. Detroit, uh, Pittsburgh is in Detroit. This one's going to be a good one. Everything I'm reading, Stafford is up and ready to go. He is better. He still has that high ankle sprain. The hammy is better. A couple of weeks back before the bye, he was a one-legged man. Now he's one and a half leg. Um, can he get the victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home? That's going to be the question there, Tarvin. Well, I like Pittsburgh in this game. I mean, Detroit, they just, I don't know, they don't have a lot of options really to to be able to play a full game, in my opinion, and score a lot of points. I like Pittsburgh in this one. I, I just think they go on the road and get it done. I hope Detroit wins, but I think Pittsburgh's going to get it done. Cuervo, what do you think about this game? Two games lost for Detroit in a row off of the bye. Pittsburgh has won the last two. Yeah, they have plenty. I mean, you know, lately these teams have been going in different directions. And, you know, right now, I mean, it's hard to pick against the Steelers. I mean, two good wins against the Chiefs and the the Bengals last week. Um, You know, it just kind of seems like ever since Ben said that he doesn't have it anymore, it seems like he still has it. So, I don't know, maybe that was the self-motivation that he needed to – to uh, you know, get back on the on the high horse and, and play at a high level again. Yeah, I you know I never fell for the what he said because it wasn't true. He was being sarcastic with the with the media. Um, so that that's the thing that's going on. But the question really in reality is when you're looking at the football team right now, Pittsburgh more healthy than the quarterback. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Matthew Stafford was 100%, I'd pick the Lions. Um, right now, I just I just can't get past the fact that he's still injured and the fact that it's a high ankle sprain and the fact that whenever he makes plays, he has to use his legs. And he's going to be hampered by that, and I don't see how he gets around it um, with Pittsburgh and because Pittsburgh is known as Blitzburg for a reason, and they're going to be all over him like flies on it, and I just don't see how – the Lions could get around it. I'm with Tarvin. I would like to see that. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you this straight out. I'm rooting for the Lions to win this game because it's just going to make the NFC North even better, um, especially coming down to the end of the wire. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch if the Lions can get the victory. I, again, rooting for the Lions, picking the uh, Steelers because – like Cuervo said, he, they've been like kind of on a roll there, really, you know, since that whole thing happened uh, regarding uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I don't know if we're going to be able to get on Monday, so let's talk about Monday night football. Cuervo, I know you had a lot to say about Denver and Kansas City. Denver gets blanked, not just lose the game last week. They get blanked, Cuervo, and I know you got something about this one you want to talk about. Yeah, real quick. I mean, I, you know, it just kind of it just kind of feels like the, the, this Broncos team is becoming the team that I thought they would. They're all defense, no offense. I mean, the last two weeks they put up three points in total. How do you go? How do you put up a goose egg against the Sandy or the L.A. Chargers? Yeah, that that to me was like wow. 
I mean, yeah, it was shocking to see them score, what was it, three points or six points against the Giants at home. But then they go to L.A. They play a team that they're much better than in the Chargers, and they didn't score a single damn point. That To me, that that's, that's alarming if you're a Broncos fan because it's a red flag, not only isn't it? It, it's it's yeah. I mean, that's why I say. I mean, if the Colts are going to try and rebuild again, it wouldn't surprise me if if the Broncos are a contender to trade for Andrew Luck. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, you know, at this point, Andrew Luck is is you. He's selling low. Like, you can get him for cheap. Okay, yep. you could probably give up a third round pick, maybe a fourth round pick, to get this guy, and be and especially if they shut him down for the season, I, I think they could get him for cheap. And I think they could too. And Denver, I mean, that, what has Denver got to lose? Why not? Why not go out there and make the deal? The problem though least, is that we all know John Elway, Sonny. We all know John Elway. He is not going to want to cough the money up if they do make a trade. They're going to ask Andrew Luck to take a huge pay cut. I'm telling you right now, they're going to absolutely because think about it. They they didn't want to pay Colin Kaepernick what he was making, and this was before it. he became politically correct and all this other crap, right? Right. Before mm-hmm. all that junk happened, you think they're going to want to pay Andrew Luck's salary? Hell to the no! If they make well, a trade, took one. Peyton Manning took a pay cut to go play there, too. I mean, now, granted, he got a lot of money, but he could have got a lot more, okay? He could have got a lot more. So you, you say whatever you want, but even Peyton Manning took a pay cut on what he what he was probably, what he could have got. I won't say what he was worth, but what he could have got. And But he also seen the caliber of the football team, so Andrew Luck's got to be there as well. But, I mean, Tarvin, you know, but – Right now, where Denver is not playing well um, and losing, and not only that, losing at home, that was another thing. Um, so th- there are a lot of things about Denver that is confusing going in for the rest of the season. And Kansas City, you know, heads pretty good. They lose to Oakland on the last damn play, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> against the. And so you know, they they were in that game the whole time. Uh, so wh- who you got in this one? Well, Cuervo nailed it. I mean, Denver's offense. They have a defense, but they're not going to be able to score on Kansas City and Arrowhead on Monday Night Football. So, I mean, I like mm-hmm. Kansas City probably by 17 in this game at least. So, take labor wow. seven all day long. It's, it's guaranteed. Kansas City bounces back. Denver is just going to fade away after this game. You're not going to hear much about them anymore. Interesting. I, I, I think that there's a lot of things that are going on on that football team. And uh, personnel is a big problem, and they got a big problem at the quarterback position, and that's one thing John Elway doesn't want. He doesn't want issues at the quarterback position. He wants to be able to have that solid guy there. That's why Andrew Luck is obviously one of those things that are swirling around. So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we end up week number nine uh, going through all the games again here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Quero, obviously, be safe where you are. Tarvin, good to see, hear from you, and uh, we'll do this again. You on tonight, Tarvin? Yes, sir. Y'all join us tonight around 7 o'clock Eastern. Around 7 Eastern, which is 6 o'clock okay. time, and we will 
So I, hopefully I'm out of work because I'm going to head to work real quick. But I get to watch TV while I work. So I'm out of here, everybody. Have a good one. It is Sonny Clark. Okay. Be hard at working, man. It's great. Wow, and that's loud as hell. And we'll take that down. We're out of here, everybody. Have a good one. Bye-bye.